Yo, what's up, everybody? Um, welcome to episode two of the podcast. Um, today's guest is my friend Azam. Um, he's one of my older friends in San Diego. We've known each other for probably almost three years now. Um, something like that. I don't know. Um, anyway, we get a little bit political with this one, so buckle up. Uh, yeah, it's not... It's not too opinionated. We don't get too harsh on on either side, but yeah, if that's not your jam, um, yeah, this might not be for you. Whatever. Um, but there's a lot of weird stuff going on right now, so um, yeah, definitely uh, good to have um, a lot of different perspectives, whether smart or ignorant. You know, which I'm sure you get both in this. So um, let me know what you think. Uh, enjoy this episode, and yeah, we'll talk to you soon. We're rolling, man. We're not live. We're live. What? Welcome to my friend Azam. I just said that. <laughs> I don't ask for consent when I press the record button. I'm sorry. It's all e- good. Even in 2020. Thanks for having me on, man. Of course. Of course, brother. I'm drinking a Midnight Painkiller June Shine Kombucha. That's the good stuff, man. That's that that Black Lightning. Local June Shine. I, I love their stuff. Holler, Holler June Shine Kombucha. I brought through some mango white claw, like a basic bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's, That's all right. We like our basic bitches over here. <laughs> oh, um, cheers, Martha. Yeah. Cheers, my guy. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. <sighs> so, Azam is coming from the original Thoughts podcast. That's right. When's the last time you guys did an episode? It's been a minute, dude. We we've had some people asking like when we're gonna fire it back up again. Um, probably since before coronavirus and the lockdown and everything. Okay. Uh, probably back in February. Some All right. Point. So that's like right when right when stuff was starting to get going yeah, too, huh? Towards the end of February. No doubt. Um, but yeah, I've I've talked with Cassie and Doug, and we've been trying to figure out and coordinate a time that we can get together and record again. But they've been they've both been pre- pretty busy. Like, they both just moved into new places. Sure. Uh, Cassidy moved in with his girl. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Congrats, Cassidy. Yeah. Good luck on that. He is pouring out. I poured a whole beer out for him last weekend. Poured <laughs> a whole beer out for Cassidy. <laughs> yeah. See you uh, hopefully sometime soon. Yeah, right. They got a sick spot, though, out uh, in East Village. So oh, okay. Good for them. And then Doug and Amelia just got a new place in Claremont, like a, a house with, like, a, you know, a yard for the dog and everything. Okay. So it's just been, like, kind of tough to to schedule a time that we can get together but yeah no doubt yeah. it's kind of like it's kind of like a weird time too it really is man you know um i mean god it's, i mean it's it's taken me a few days to process everything that's going on and and yeah this is this is a it's been a very very crazy year i i was thinking about yesterday <coughs> i would go so far as to say that this is a a generation defining moment Perhaps sure. a generation-defining year sure. for for us, and potentially even Gen Z, because they're they're really carrying um, a lot of or, you know a burden when it comes to like speaking out and all the activism that's going on. Okay, sorry. Which which one's Gen Z? Gen Z, they they come after us. Oh, okay, yeah. so we're we're what? millennials. Millennials. Gen Z is like after twenty two thousand. It's like it's like early. People are still in college right now, basically. Okay, yeah. got you, got you. 
pardon my ignorance. No, it's all good. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like it's it's been pretty incredible to see just the the, the protests in every state um, going every on. Every single state, that's and, right. And other countries too. There's a lot of support throughout the world for what's going on, uh, and this is all happening not even after but in the middle of a pandemic which is even even more just you know surprising and and it seems like everybody was just starting to kind of things were starting to open up again and there was we were kind of like getting used to this new normal of of you gotta put your face mask on wherever you go and you gotta maintain social distancing and everything and then this is like the exact opposite of what could happen I'm, i'm not not saying that it's not a good thing but it's just like processing that first of all is like and it's a challenge in of itself right <clears throat> and no then, doubt and then you get into the reason why they're protesting and that's a whole nother you know um kind of emotional thing that you have to process and and like you know i've been talking with a lot of friends a lot of them are are really like kind of demonstrating that they are willing to learn more and they're they support the, the movement and the cause and then i have some friends that are just like you know, why are these people like you know they should be practicing social distancing well this is not the right time to protest like they, they're just kind of like you know going from the other side of right and, and trying to like belittle the, the message that people are trying to to spread so this is kind of why you know i guess <clears throat> was your idea to record tonight it was yeah. i i uh yeah i was i had to sell you on it because <laughs> i know it's i know it's a tough thing especially for like yourself you know mm-hmm. and so yeah i really had to like not push you but like encourage you that there will be good like discord. Oh no, I have I have no doubt, dude. You, you know, know I mean? we always have good rapport and good good conversation. I think, and for me, it was more just like, do I um, have I been able to do the research and if I can I articulate what it is I'm feeling and kind of have a conversation where it's not too emotionally charged. And I think right. I think I've gotten to that point because Monday, Tuesday, like after seeing a lot of the the protests turn into um, you know, the, the looting, the vandalism, and the, some of them, not all of them, but some of them did. And then also just, like, the police antagonizing a lot of these demonstrators, the peaceful demonstrators. Right, right. It, it was kind of like a shock at first to me personally. And then now things seem to be, like, going more um, peaceful and, and, like, the cops are, aren't as being as <coughs> aggressive or anything, so. No doubt. Do you, do you attribute that to maybe the fact that we've got these guys in custody and we've got like murder two charge for, for the guy with the Derek Chauvin. And then the other three are now also in custody with charges. Do you think that helps with like the de-escalation a little bit? I think that helps. I think the fact that, um, a lot of like, we live in a world where everyone has a camera and, a, right. and, and like a, you know, a video recorder. It's part of your wardrobe. Yeah, it is, man. So like anytime there is a, an excessive use of force by, by the police out there, it's being documented. It's being passed along and, and shared to virtually everyone that that you know uses social media. Right. Let alone um, the, the I think the uh, uh, the news outlets are doing a really good job of reporting what's going on and being um, relatively relatively imp- unbiased. There's definitely like some bias in terms of like what depending on what platform you're watching, whether it's Fox News or MSNBC or CNN or whatever. But they all seem to be at least the msnbc and cnn are are very critical of of some of the things that like our president has done to escalate the situation right so that, that's another whole other aspect that yeah we'll get into well, what are no your doubt. thoughts man what do you think about everything that's going on you know? i mean 
it's just one of those things, man. I think um, I'm just learning. It, for me, it's like literally mm-hmm. everybody who has um, a part in this, like anyone who's dealt with this type of oppression or dealt with someone, a family member, friend, anything, that's the person who is teaching this class right now, and I'm just wanting to be in attendance. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, the biggest thing for me is not acting like it's me too type of a thing. You know, it's because it's not. It's really not. I, I've had exemplary experiences with ev- almost every police officer that I've encountered. And so, but it's one of those things where you don't really you don't really have the ability to, to perceive it. You know, you don't have the ability to perceive what it's like for a, a person of color in America, you know? Mm-hmm. And so and so given that fact, man, my ears are just open. My eyes are open to all this stuff. I can see human on human violence, monsters versus people they're in charge of or people they have power over. I see that, right? I see the hor- horrific acts that are happening and I can put myself in that human's shoes in that moment but I can't put myself in that feeling of the cops aren't on my side in general Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. I I don't I don't have any sort of relevant experience to that and that's my privilege showing right so so really what I think in this sense I feel doesn't matter at all because I don't know it's like the women's march it's like good to know all this stuff. I should have been yeah, more aware. That, that's actually a really good um, analogy. Sorry to tell you all. No, it's all right. No, go because ahead. Because I'm not, you know, neither of us are women. Right. So, so that's, that's actually a great analogy because, um, but you don't have to be a woman to understand that they may be marginalized in, in society. Right. Right. It's like you, you, you don't really have to, you know, we don't, can't speak from experience because we're, we're men and, and, uh, we just will never understand what it's like to be a woman who might face a lot of um, um, difficulties or, or sexism in the workplace or right. you know, any, anything like that. But you can still support the fact that they're exactly. trying to make change and and you, you know even could go march uh, and, and, and show your support that way on behalf of women. Same, same issue in, in some ways or same kind of like line of thinking is that just because you're not a person of color – I, I I forget I'm I'm like not white, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like sure. I've been I've been very lucky, um, but I am like a first generation American. My parents immigrated from from different, you know, my mom from Bolivia, my dad from the Middle East, uh, to to kind of get have a better life for themselves and their and their kids, and <clears throat> like it's kind of, in a sense, it's kind of the American dream right there. It's like they they came here. Both minorities, although they have fairer skin tones, so I don't know to what extent they've been discriminated against. Right. <clears throat> but I'm, I'm like the the fact doesn't escape me that I definitely have had a lot of uh, luck in being and 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 good fortune to be raised and had both my parents around, having both <clears throat> like push for me to like go to school and go to college and everything and get a degree and you know at the same time. Have there been instances where I've been uh, discriminated against, whether I know it or not? Possibly, probably. Have there has there been like people that have said remarks due to how I look, basically whether it's my my skin or my hair or something? Uh, actually, yeah, that has happened a few times. 
Uh, at the same time, overwhelmingly, I will think, and I will say that um, our generation is one of the most open-minded and accepting generations. And mm. in the time that we live in, maybe not just our generation, people in general sure. I, that I've interacted with, very open-minded. And that is reflected when you see these uh, protests and you just look at and survey the crowd. And there's people from all different walks of life, all different skin colors, backgrounds. Like everyone, no matter what you look like, can get behind this kind of movement for equality. Right. Yeah, no doubt. And I think it's because, well, where my mind goes is, okay, yeah, like we said before, cell phones, camera, speakers are part of our wardrobe, Mm -hmm. you know? So we're able to see these atrocities, you know, um, in real time sometimes, like sometimes Instagram Live or something like that, you can see them. So where my mind goes is, what can we not see? What what does what happened in every year before whatever 2012 2013 when these are really like ubiquitous throughout society when the cameras aren't rolling you know what I mean and and it's just these protests that are happening and people think like there's no real hard evidence you know of the oppression that's happening and but there's still all the you know civil rights movements and all these things I think now we're we're also open-minded because we have access to all this information. You know what I'm saying? Like we, you can't turn a blind eye to it when it's right in your face and not that people should have been, but I think I, I don't give our generation that much credit. I give technology a lot more of the credit in terms of our open-mindedness, but I am so glad that we're able to document this type of stuff in real time show the oppression, show the atrocities, like name the people who did it, open and shut case, and so that way there's real consequences. Yeah, you no, know, I, I agree with that. I, I would say, though, that there are there are two kinds of, of racism that ex- exists or, or like oppression that can exist. And the first is overt racism, okay. which is something that almost universally people can denounce, right? This is... This is like an example of uh, just just outright calling somebody like a negative word and treating them bad because of how they look. Okay. And, and the one like uh, recent killing that that comes to mind is um, Ahmad Arbery. Yep. In, in Georgia, he was this uh, this black uh, male, like twenty something year old. He was just going for a jog, like just minding his own business. <clears throat> and this and this particular story like affects me. Uh, personally, because the dude was like, I go for a run all the time. You know? Right, that's how we met. Yeah, run club, we, run club, man. No I, doubt. Like for me, just to be able to, to like the guy is is trying to get an exercise in. For me, it's, there's a mental health aspect to it. It's just kind of like you, you kind of cut loose from work or anything that's bothering you, and you just go and and get into that state of flow. And you're just kind of like you know, and as this man is doing this, these two, um, two or three. Uh, White male. It was two. It was a dad and his son, I'm pretty sure. And then whoever was recording. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess that's true. Which is interesting because... Didn't think of that. That guy leaked the video or, or just passed it around to friends, and then somebody sent it to the cops. But yeah, so the, the dad and his son pulled up in their pickup truck, cut the guy off for no reason other than, you know, uh, uh, I assume because he was black. It was... So I... So his here's how I heard it, that they thought... There had been some break-ins, and they just saw him and attributed the break-ins to him. 
without questioning him, without anything. They just because he was black. Yeah, exactly. They assumed that he was doing them based on his skin color, and that's and that's overt racism. Like mm. uh, that's a textbook example. They they because of how he looks, they generalize what he might have done because of how other people, what other people were doing that also happened to be black, and they decided to effectively do a modern day lynching on this guy. You know, they they drove up in this pickup truck and they shot him as he's jogging. And and they idiots recorded the thing, <laughs> and then right. and I mean like good thank thing goodness they did. there are such yeah. idiots yeah well the thing is is that they never they weren't even uh, arrested because there was no evidence that they had done it except for the, when the video got leaked so so that that to me is one example of how everyone can immediately see that and be like that's wrong right but it still exists in this country that was, you know that's Georgia you know it's not it's in the southern state but Atlanta is you know a very ethnically diverse city um but you know i I forget where in in georgia this was it's just it's that's that's tough to see sometimes and then the other the other kind of racism that exists is uh what we call the systemic racism okay i literally just watched a video on that so yeah but yeah go ahead well maybe you can speak uh and be more systemic. no i'm just saying that i'm now much more aware of it yeah and it's so like I'm disappointed in myself and my, I guess, schooling and upbringing that I wasn't more aware of it. But go ahead. I want to hear your explanation. Right, so so I, I took a few classes when I was in, in college, and they, uh, w- one of them was kind of like diving into the, the difference between the two. And, and this is the one where they also call it institutional racism. Um, it, it's what exists that um, is not, that's been set up over time to uh, um, just all the different like institutions in our society that effectively marginalize people of color and and try and maximize the advantage that white people might have okay if, if that kind of makes sense no no totally um one one huge example that i heard of that just fucking blew my mind was um redlining right where the concept of how uh housing developments were treated as such where they would literally outline areas and i don't know if it was those were the good areas or those were the areas that were not good but they would then not give uh african-american families home loans and if they weren't in a certain area right so they literally partitioned off areas that were available to only white people or only people that weren't black and so they they effectively like what's what's a good word strong arm them out of the ability to buy a home and the ability to be in the areas where you know that were more desirable Mm -hmm. so this is what developed these projects this is what developed these hoods or whatever you want to call them but these low income areas it's not that they were you know wanting to be there it's just that somebody with who makes more money as a black person, would be less likely to get a loan than someone who makes less money as a white person. And so these redlining, these redlining, like, concepts were just to keep black people out and effectively developed projects, developed ghettos, developed all these things. Like, nobody wants to be in the ghetto. You know what I mean? Everyone's trying to get out of it. This is what I'm learning. That's not what I know. But Jalen Rose from the Jalen and Jacoby show, huge fan of that show. But he's... um, He's talking about basically Killer Mike was saying, don't burn things down. But Jalen made this amazing 
uh, quote, and I, I don't want to mess it up here, but um, he effectively talks about people being in the projects. He says, the sick, quote, the sick thing behind brackets, writing and looting, unbracket, is just like when prisoners set the yard on fire. They're thinking, we don't own this anyway. You're not listening to us. You're not giving us our freedom. And then he goes on to say, you're looking at this like we're happy to be in the hood. We don't own it. Y'all don't listen to us. We might as well burn it down, unquote. So they don't feel like they're burning down their community. Mm -hmm. They feel like they're burning down this place. And this is generalizing from what Jalen said. But they feel like they're burning down this thing that they were forced into. Sure. You know what I mean? (coughs) So, So that's where I look at this rioting and and things of this nature on like they don't really think of it as burning their own house down i forget what oh it was it was maybe one of the videos that trevor noah put out okay uh, recently um he's talking about like what society really means and the, the word by definition and he's like saying that it's it's basically a contract that you sign to behave in a certain way um when you go and interact with other people right we have rules put in place so that we have some sort of a system of governance, and it's not just anarchy with people running around <coughs> doing whatever they want. Right. And, and the point he was making with regards to the, the rioting and the looting is that when these people, they feel like they have had their civil rights that everyone should have as an American, they feel they've had their civil rights taken away or when they're not being acknowledged as individuals the way everyone else kind of is, um, they lose faith in that contract that they quote unquote signed, right? And and when and so if you're not going to acknowledge that, why acknowledge other societal like you know manners or norms or whatever? Like, what's it to them if, uh, if a building gets damaged or and and a lot of a lot of the the I don't really like obviously advocate nobody advocates like looting or anything, but a lot of these destruction of property. That, that's occurring especially when it comes to like there were a lot of um uh <coughs> memorials that were torn down in the south that were um basically they were erected initially to honor confederate like generals or people that were were huge figureheads during the civil war mm-hmm. so uh, when the people get frustrated during these protests and they try and tear those down or they vandalize those that's symbolic right that's showing that they're <coughs> this this they're upset with the the government that they supposedly voted in to to bring upon um, justice and, and egalitarianism, and that government has failed them. So what else are they going to do at this point? You know, yeah. When people are pushed to an extreme, um, they're going to act out. That's just kind of what happens. Like, well, how do we gain our independence as a nation in the first place? Right. We fought. We went to a war. Violent. Yeah. Violent. <laughs> Like, violence is how we won our freedom in that sense, you know, yeah. from oppression of what we were dealing with then. So Boston Tea Party. Right. You know? And, and that's, that's like a last-case scenario for sure. Of course. That, that's of course. No, no one, like, at first you have to be kind of, like, you know, logical and try to have discussion and, and conversation. And, but when that fails, what's the next logical step after, like, peaceful protesting and, and, and discourse and dialogue? Right. You know? But luckily... As I said at the beginning, it does seem like um, we are trending towards actual, like th- a lot of people are supporting the movement. A lot of people are listening, like you said, and hopefully that enacts some kind of change. 
when it comes to police brutality and then eventually with this uh systemic racism that kind of exists still in this country okay that that takes time to like to to fix that but no doubt no we'll doubt see. so another thing i want to just um hit you with and see your reaction sorry to blindside you here i should have been sending you topics all day or it's something healthy. but um the the term universal basic income has been thrown around a ton in the last like couple of years maybe um we give we give discounts to military people for you know dealing with the situations and people they had to deal with and mm -hmm. maybe awful horrific situations um we give native americans be benefits you know however more or however minimal they are mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know but they had to deal with you know white people coming in and taking what they knew away i think we with, should give through violence by the through way through violence yeah. and worse atrocities mm -hmm. that yeah who even knows how awful you know it's i can't even i read a book on the comanches and it was uh unbelievable to hear some of the things that both sides did to each other you know just mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because of the horrific um nature of their interaction so regardless they we gave them what we did obviously it should be probably a lot more um but in my opinion a good group to try out the universal basic income on would be people of color you know just right away call it reparations call it whatever you want we start out a universal basic income and it's for all african americans in in society however rough that's going to be to implement i think it needs to be implemented on a group and i think there's no better group in terms of what's what's happened recently what do you think i don't necessarily agree with that okay <clears throat> i think that that would um that would although good in theory and th and and there were um acts to make like there were reparations that were given to certain individuals that had a history of family that were used to be slaves or that okay. struggled um but i don't think that you i think ubi is an interesting idea potentially a good idea and we actually had a little taste of it when all these checks came out because of coronavirus yeah just a, a flat like 12 grand or 100 dollars to everyone that was making s below some sort of thre threshold in, in terms of income <clears throat> i think that's the way to do it maybe if we were going forward like kind of a tiered system depending on your socioeconomic like uh status sure sure you kind of like give people uh, some sort of monthly uh, stimulus to help them so they can get out and break out of that that um lower class right 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 but stop I don't the downward spiral yeah. in a sense but <clears throat> i don't think it would be necessarily a good idea to um just be exclusive of of african americans okay because and the reason why is because that could sow more um, like distrust and and tribalism between different sects, right? They're true sects, S E C T S, <laughs> um, and there will be people of like white people or people Asian people, Asian American people um, that might think, or Latinos. Wait a minute, like why aren't we getting these benefits? Why sure. are, are just they getting it? Oh wait, they're not even like you know, and it's just like to me that would sow more, um, more kind of muddy, muddy the waters muddy a little bit waters, yeah. sure 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 yeah i i agree with you um but in terms of the other races like thinking they should also get something like i would coming from a place of ignorance and coming from a place of just hearsay 
I don't hear of a lot of like police oppression of Asian people. You know what I mean? Or police oppression of maybe Latino people. I'm I'm not sure. That's that's again my ignorance is is gonna show throughout this. <laughs> that's okay. But but really my my main thing is there needs to be something because we're we're we open the the playing field with giving reparations elsewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe we gave reparations for people who had a direct family member who dealt with slavery or something like that, you know? But it, it's not enough because this this de- this this trickles down through the generations, you know, and each generation we're we're seeing it right now. Even though there there's no slave owners now, it's it's there's still racism in America, you know? So there's no real price that you can put on that that to for people to have to deal with that, but I don't know. That's that was just so my thought of I, maybe it's a start. Again, it just comes over time. If if we're talking about breaking down the the systemic racism that might exist in our country, and and you may mention one example about like how people were forced into these projects, and, you know, and, and kind of like have been unable to break out of this socioeconomic barrier that they live in. Um, there's other there's other other avenues as well too, like the whole. Uh, Look! Look at what what's going on at Harvard. Like they have put a cap on how many Asian Americans they will accept because oh right 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 because there's like too many that that are too smart to get into Harvard. So now they're gonna give equal opportunity to other people. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Um, don't we live in a capitalist society? Don't we live in a meritocracy where like if you go to school, you, you get good grades. If you go to work, you perform. You get a raise. You get rewarded for doing you know doing your best and and working hard. <coughs> But the powers that be at Harvard are most likely, you know, privileged white males, and and there, there's a history of like people that uh, that you know at Harvard University and probably a lot of other Ivy League schools, of of their like presidents and and leaders being um like you know white people, sure they're gonna make the rules, and and that's another example of like you know just the institution. And uh, all these institutions just have a history of well, that's the way it is, and I'm gonna like feed and take care of people of my like tribe before I take care of other tribes. So to speak. sure. So so yeah, that's a, breaking down that that kind of like you know barrier. That's what's gonna take time, but I think also as our as our generation becomes like I said more open. And more uh, interracial and mixed and everything. Uh, I think that that will come apart. That might happen, maybe not in our lifetime, but you know, next generation and generation after, we see more homogenous society, and that right. that in of itself is like the the American dream right there, right? It's just like a a country where <coughs> people can live harmoniously and where you really do succeed based on like. Uh, how hard you work and, and not just because you look one way or look another way or, you know, nepotism or whatever. Right. Right. No doubt. No doubt. And we can make these societal changes and like, you know, efforts, but it really starts with the individual. You know what I mean? It really it starts does. with yeah. every single police officer, every single, you know, whoever has a position of power and, and looking at your actions and, and making sure you come from the like same common denominator with every single person you treat every potential threat the same every potential non-threat the same but that's just something that you know it's going to be coming down to a training standpoint it's just it's tough it's tough and especially coming from a 
just learning about <coughs> so much of this stuff, you well, know? And, and work needs to be done, too, to, like, so we, we spend billions and billions of dollars, like, in, on, in our uh, defense budget, right? We spend so much money helping out and or sending aid to other countries overseas. How much work is actually being done to improve those inner city, like, you know, inner cities of America? How much, uh, like, you know, focus is, is being on trying to lift these people out of poverty? And that that's a part of it, too, you know? When people right. are, like I said earlier, when people are desperate, maybe there is more crime in inner cities. But how do we fix that? You don't right. throw more money at the, the police and escalate the situation. Right. You you try and, you educate these people. You try and, 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 you know, help people that are addicted to drugs and get them off drugs. You show them that there's an avenue to success that it doesn't have to be through, like, selling drugs or being a basketball player, right? That, right. That's that's how you bring people out of poverty. Or, yeah, yeah, <laughs> only hitting it big in these avenues that are, like, so hard. You know, the, right. the threshold of success is, like, the 99th percentile or something, you know? Like, it's just such a long shot. So, yeah, I think – but it, it's a momentum thing, too, as well. So so that's that's the only reason that I think that there needs to be some sort of – stipend or or whatever i I can't remember what you said stimulus Uh, stimulus exactly uh thank you um that's the only reason i think that because that can really like say say we start at a thousand bucks a month or something like just being able to pay (coughs) rent or or whatever and feed your kids and you're good Mm -hmm. is gonna help with so much stuff but there's so many like convoluted factors that come with a system like that like you were saying because then it's like what is what is being african american you know i was thinking or what is being what is how do you how do you draw the line from who gets it the haves and the haves nots you know like people it it would literally have to be a test of where like they follow around some police officers and if they treat one person one way they get it and if he, they treat another person an a other way they don't get it you know it's something like that because it doesn't necessarily have to be that you're african-american it's just that if you're not white sometimes you you don't get that white privilege you know and and really it should be for all the people that don't get that white privilege that you know is people like me are born with you know it's that's who i want the stimulus to go to so i i just think that because like it 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 sounds kind of like affirmative action okay and affirmative action was kind of a failure sure 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 you know like it, it just didn't it didn't really do a good job of actually. It, it was too too uh, d- divisive in a way. People were getting upset. Like, why why are you rewarding them for, you know, just being black and they get to go to the school? Like, but they didn't have the merits. Whereas there's this person that's not just necessarily white, but like Asian or something. Like, they they get they can't go to the school even though they did. They checked all the boxes off. They were you know, all these you know had like a four or throughout high school and they participate in all these different activities and, and extracurriculars so like that 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 could be the only issue i see with like just giving a blanket um you know stimulus to people of color okay i think there needs to be some, like like i'm not opposed to ubi i think it should be based off of something else kind of like you know your your socioeconomic status okay yeah and, and i think there there would be you know factors like that at play just like with the $1,200 stimulus it's like if you're under a certain level of income then 
it's it's a drop in the bucket for you. Who right. cares? You know. Right. So, but maybe so. Okay. So I'm just spitballing here. What if instead of the individual, we instead like take the funding out? So I th- I'm pretty sure, coming from ignorance again, but I'm pretty sure a lot of times schools are funded by the housing taxes in the surrounding area of the school. I think that's right. Pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not positive on that. So, but that's why a lot of like the quote unquote better public schools happen to be in the suburbs. Right. Exactly. So, if if we could do something like, like stop with that because you're you're taxing houses that are already struggling to to pay for a school that's struggling you know what i mean that's that's the definition of a downward spiral so you're having less extracurricular activities and less teachers paying less and more students per teacher and it's just a downward spiral that how do you offset it so so maybe this funding goes straight to the schools so that they have all these extracurriculars and they have the teachers that are paid well and are, you know, not as many per kids per teacher, you know, and that's going to make it so these kids are more empowered, they're doing better in school, and, and the, the playing field is leveled a little bit more. But that has to come from the top so that schools are more equal. There needs to be a redistribution of wealth, I would say, in, sure. this, in this country. Like, okay. but this is an, a big, a, kind of an, <clears throat> a bit of a tangent, but I, I still think it directly affects how we can bring upon true change, especially after these you know protests. But like that's that's one thing Bernie Sanders is always talking about. There mm-hmm. is an, uh, we need a redistribution of wealth. The the millionaires and the billionaires they have too much money, and then the not even like not even the the lower class is marginalized. The middle class is marginalized because I'll, what what is it twenty percent. Or sorry, eighty percent of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, or they're like only a couple paychecks away. They don't have any savings, you know. Right. That's that's why the stimulus happened. The twelve hundred dollars because people weren't going to be able to pay rent if they you know didn't have a job for a month or something, you know. Right. So that that's kind of a separate but related issue, I think. And uh, the you know there's there's something wrong about like I like capitalism as a theory. I like the free market. But there's something wrong with, you know, you and I having to pay a third of our paycheck to taxes. But Amazon, as a corporation, corporations are treated as um, kind of, you know, individuals in a sense. They can get by because they have the lawyers and the manpower to um, subvert paying any taxes to the U.S. They paid zero taxes. They're, and really? They, Jeff Bezos is the, the richest man in the world. Amazon didn't pay any taxes to the U.S. Um, and I, I don't really have time to go into the reasons why they are exempt from it like i said there's a lot of legal like loopholes that they're able to accomplish <coughs> one one way that like gea so intern at ge they um put their headquarters overseas so if you do that you don't have to pay your taxes or something in the u.s right it's just like they you know the average person doesn't have the time to like um you know just look at all these mom and pop shops they're all paying taxes and everything so right that's, that's a separate issue, but like there needs to be a, a sharing of that wealth that's being generated to people of in the middle class and the lower class, and that's how you lift people out of these different, uh, you know, socioeconomic levels. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, as a my my business pays taxes here in the U.S., so yeah, that type of stuff just works. And taxes irks for what? And taxes for what? Taxes so so we can have all this money going to like the police, and and they're like mili- to militarizing the police. 
right in turns gonna like it's, it's a vicious it's all connected and it's a big circle you know it's just it's, it's all like connected in some way um so that that's kind of the most frustrating thing is like all the all the, what's going on in the protests those people that are protesting have literally paid the police to like be you know to to to, to basically stop them from protesting <laughs> right it's ridiculous yeah in some ways they've all paid yeah they've all paid they pay for their, those they face pay, masks they pay their salaries right police that's that's a uh um, a, a socialist um, idea, having having a, a police and a fire department, and like, you know, those are all social um, structures. Basically. Right. They're not privatized. That that reporter who lost her eye paid for the in in one part or another for that rubber bullet. Wait, a, a reporter lost her eye. A reporter, I. What was that? I'm not sure where it is, but uh, I saw I saw the image of it. But yeah, she shot got shot in the eye with a rubber bullet. Jeez. And lost her eye. I believe it. I saw um, the reporter on MSNBC, Jolene Kent. Mm-hmm. She got hit by a flashbang grenade. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, luckily it was just I think her. her Those shirt can deafen got, you, right? They can. They could deafen. She had like a face mask on for tear gas. I think her shirt just got singed a little bit, Ugh. but it like exploded right next to her. It's absolute crazy. Like like, r- first of all reporters should be you know allowed to ver- do their job that, right, that is, right they're protected in, in especially in war zones right to be able to do their job so the fact that they're kind of like getting hit and somebody lost their eye in the yeah. u.s like <laughs> and, and reporters getting arrested and yeah. you know that was that was i think a week or so ago but there's foul play was, on both sides I right think that's that's kind of the key right thing to note you know yeah there's there's tense tense intensity from the rioters there's intensity from the police and there's there's people taking advantage of the situation you know yeah. and that's that's the sad part is that they're using so one thing i've seen and I, I want your opinion on this as well but i've seen people so there's obviously people that are inciting riots right they're they're going out there taking advantage of everybody around taking advantage of the cops can't arrest everybody and they're doing shitty stuff mm-hmm. you know and they're running away but i also and that's obviously terrible I also see a lot of people that haven't, there's no way they've dealt with oppression towards African-Americans or oppression towards people that aren't white, but using it as kind of an attention, a, a, a way to, to say, look at me. Like, look, I have this many black friends, or look, I'm going with my black friend here, or look, I'm protesting too. It's like, well, what are you protesting? Like, you're supporting someone, but... Like, I feel like a way for me to support the women's movement, me to support this, me to support other things that don't, that I'm not one of the people that's being oppressed is to be a silent, you know, silent uh, donator, you know, or silent, you know, not, not like, look at what I did on social media or look how not racist I am here. It's like, I don't really subscribe to this attention-seeking part that a lot of I see a lot of white people kind of subscribing to. Everyone wants to feel like they're being noticed in some way, but I think the, the so like and even with these with these protests, like <clears throat> I, I've been involved in protests before in college. I have not gone to demonstrate for for these protests for a myriad of reasons. However, I don't. I think what's key to know is that these protests will end. And the, um, the the news cycle will shift into something else eventually, whether it's, you know, a week, a month, a year from now. Right. What is going to happen when people, you know, aren't, like, 
posting on social media when people aren't out there on the streets when it's when it's not popular and it's not popular that right that, and that's what's key and i think that's going to be the biggest challenge because i do think that our collective generation does have the attention span of what squirrel <laughs> you know what i mean like uh it, it's it's kind of like popular now and cool to do but when the like you said when when it's not getting the focus and and i think what's critical is that people do seem motivated to learn motivated to educate themselves and to listen and 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 really the best thing that you or i can do is to just not be silent if we see some sort of injustice happening or if we see somebody who is for lack of a better word ignorant or just like not you know sure and they're saying something that's potentially hurtful or just misguided and trying to have a rational discussion with them you know that that's the the best thing that you can do to bring upon and keeping an open dialogue too because inherently when you when you escalate a situation even if it's a, a conversation someone's gonna like you know start shouting and then the other person just doesn't listen they just wait for right. their turn to talk right so right you right, have right. To, like you have to have kind of be mature and and almost uh elegant about how you handle a situation right when when you're dealing with somebody that may just be you know harboring what they were taught it's not their fault they're ignorant they right. grew up with the family that you know and sheltered only in, in, in bumfuck kansas yeah you know <laughs> i mean i'm a perfect example of that i grew up in a town of Five thousand people at its at its heyday. You know, it's probably like twenty nine hundred or something now. We had one black family. You know, and it's like it's like so. I come from such an ignorant standpoint in this. You know, I have friends who who had the um, Confederate flag on the top of their truck. You know what I mean? Like oh, no shit. or flying out the back of their truck or in, in Oregon tattooed. Oh yeah. Oh wow. my god. And the N word flying around black jokes flying around i'm ashamed that i hung out with the people i hung out with in high school absolutely ashamed because i i'm thinking of one guy in particular he would make like black jokes all the time he would say the n-word all the time and it's like at the time it was just like i didn't i never jumped on board with it because i'm just i never understood it I, n I don't like name calling at all you know I, but it wasn't like that's so terrible it was it was people were listening to him and watching him and all these things. And there was no outrage. Yeah. And, and this is what, 2000, 2005, 2004, 2005, you know? And I saw so much of that stuff, but to me it was not normal. It was just not, I didn't know the gravity of what there's. And they probably didn't in their defense. They probably didn't know what they were saying either is more of just them trying to, Gain some notoriety, gain some shock value. Maybe just act like a badass. Make ass. a joke or something. Make and, a joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. When, when make someone say, laugh. When you say something and there's no repercussions, you're gonna be. You, you, you don't have that. You don't have that like, you know, negative reinforcement. You're just gonna be like, oh, okay, so I said that. So somebody must be, laughed. Must be okay. That's positive reinforcement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I I grew up in not a small town, twenty six thousand people, but it was in a um, suburb of of uh milwaukee suburb in wisconsin and oh man wisconsin's an interesting state man. It, it, it is <clears throat> i love my home state mm -hmm. i have a lot of friends that they may vote republican i don't think anyone I've, I've come across is inherently like racist or anything but they do have a certain sort of tr you know prejudice potentially built in something you know i have friends that or they might they may 
support um you know donald trump or or just blindly support the republican party in in general right um and uh you know i i, I spent a lot of time like because damn like 9-11 happened when i was in fifth grade and that like kind of kind of make me lose my innocence in some sense like i still was you know I, look i was like the one not white kid in middle school <laughs> okay um, and then when i got to high school i just i just remember i have like like memories of getting into political debates at the lunch table in in like ninth tenth eleventh grade throughout high school and it's because of it was during the bush presidency we were uh, 9-11 happened in fifth grade and then we ended up va- invading afghanistan and then iraq and there was a lot of like tension there was a lot of people that were like very strongly opinionated and very like it was it was not that they were like racist but they were there was a lot of hate that emerged against like arab americans right just because we were at war in iraq and afghanistan and because of what osama bin laden did to to you know the twin towers so i i i like developed kind of thick skin when it came to that aspect of it i may be a little soft in some other areas of my life but that's not really <laughs> <laughs> like a little emotional but um but when it comes to that i'm pretty like i'm quick to to stand and, and hold my ground at, but not escalate like i, I love educating people i love when people ask me questions i loved back then and i still do to to this day you know and, and at the end of the day what i've learned is that you cannot there, there is no how do i phrase this i don't blame anybody any of my friends for thinking the thing the way that they think it's not necessarily anyone's fault when you get into a pattern and when you're raised in an environment where like we said earlier, there is no negative reinforcement for saying the wrong thing. You have no, like, you know, African-Americans in your community. When you don't get to know people of, of other races, well, and you're getting all your information from Fox News or, or, or the, the news in general, of course you're going to, like, think a certain way because everyone else thinks that way around you. Yeah, what are the chances you have almost, you yeah, know? exactly. And that's why it's so important to surround yourself, even as somebody like you and I who do have an open mind, we need to, like, maintain... We can't just be surrounded by people who are also open-minded. We have to, like, maintain relations with people that are potentially having a different viewpoint, dissenting viewpoint, but willing to have dialogue. Right. That is the most important thing that, um, like, anyone can do coming and going forward is you can't, can't, like, uh, just tell someone who is ignorant to shut up because that will push them away even further. Right. Right. And, and it just creates that me versus you environment. You know what I mean? And when you, when you foster that me versus you environment, they're going to take anything they can to, to get back because when you, when you hit someone in the ego, they want to hit you back, you know, and they, and and it just becomes this fucking verbal dick measuring contest. You know what I mean? Where, where it's like, there's no winners here. There's no winners. The real winning is, is Russia because the <laughs> they're seeing our country get torn <laughs> apart <laughs> exactly or Canada, Canada. I, I don't know but the real winner is the is the discourse the dialogue the, yeah. the educating each other but the 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 thought of like you're two years younger than me right 
I but I feel like I I was in seventh grade when nine eleven happened, but I feel like you're head and shoulders smarter than me. You know what no, I mean? So, no, no but especially on some like in, especially in some cases, but I want to learn. You know, I, I wanted you on here. Number one, we've been talking about this for what a couple of years now. Mm. To, <laughs> you're yeah. the first oh, guy on to, this podcast. To, by get, the way. to get on the show, <laughs> you're the first dude that's been on this podcast. Really? So yeah, it's been all girls before this. So yeah, congrats. But uh, <laughs> but really, I want. I always want to learn. You know what I mean. I'm I'm forever trying to trying to better sculpt my mind in a way that's more accurate towards other people's perspectives. Right. And, yeah. So so one big thing for me is I I look at my perspective as nothing. You know, what I've learned so far, sure whatever, but I am so interested to see if there's any holes in it and 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 ways that I can formulate my mind better to be more understanding, to be more cognizant and to be more like um less biased towards my upbringing because all I had on an upbringing standpoint was to be honest, racist, like ideals, not that they were intentional. They were, they were a part of this systematic racism mm-hmm. that that's ingrained in society. Like a lot of these statements, people wouldn't say it, it's racist, but it is because of the way that society is structured, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so there's a lot of this ignorance comes from the fact the the road what's that saying the road to hell is paved with good intentions right yeah so all these people that were around me during my upbringing would say i am not racist i never said a racial thing i've never blah 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 never 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 done it but it's in the accidental times you know in the in the the freudian slips that they make you know that that i could see like wait a sec you don't know that at all or like like the the side comments that someone would make or or like I I took so there was one black family and I took the girl who was there was a girl and she was cute as fuck <laughs> and I took her to the Sadie Hawkins dance oh, wait that was when the girls asked the guys hold on homecoming I took her to homecoming and you know I had to go meet their family before she could say yes and all this stuff but like it was like I was so shocked because um I wanted to meet the so me and her were both on the basketball team, right? Mm. And so that's kind of how we got to know each other. And she was yeah, she was fucking adorable. But her and I was like, yeah, I'll just meet your dad at the next game or whatever, you know, because she wanted me to meet her folks before I could take her to this game or take her to the dance. And so she's like, no, no, no my dad doesn't come to the games. I was like, why? She's like, he doesn't feel comfortable. I was like, why? Like everyone's there, everyone's cheering. We're town was called lakeview the lakeview honkers <laughs> go honkers um but he didn't come to the games and i was like why why wouldn't he come to the games she's like oh well he gets stared at people make side comments to him people treat him differently i'm like that's ridiculous you know because i didn't have that perspective to understand I didn't. I had no ability to understand his perspective. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. I had no ability w- to perceive what it's like to go into a gymnasium full of white parents as a as a black dude. You know, no, shouldn't refer to myself, but in this scenario, I'm the black dude going into a gymnasium full of white parents, and so that fucking blew my mind yeah. so so much. I was like, oh my god, I I never 
like perceived that situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that was a huge, <coughs> huge realization for me. And, and and that's the that's the thing, man. Is like it, it it's it's so difficult for people to put themselves in in the shoes of of like African Americans because you just myself included never in experience what it feels like to be to be treated in the way that 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 um girl's father was like can you imagine like you have a kid and they're like on the basketball team and you're so um affected by the way that you're treated that you just came go watch your daughter play he didn't go to a single game that's terrible man yeah we had video cameras and he watched every single game as he told me but never was there and and you know what the thing is is like and he wanted to be there we i thought we turned the page when barack obama was elected so i'm like we got a black man as the president of the u.s right and then we did a full 180 right we went the opposite direction and we have this 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 terrible excuse for a president that that I, I just I don't I don't want to get too like much into too much of a uh, um, critical conversation of of our president right now. Sure. Uh, because I feel like it's too easy. It's, well, it's too easy, and also like I'll go down the rabbit hole. Right, right, right. Uh, I just do. Where not, does it end? It, yeah, it ends with him. Hopefully, like <laughs> not getting elected, right? Reelected exactly. in the fall. Um, it just it's it, it baffles me how we went from such a an understanding. And uh, irrespective of the policies that he had or like, you know, what he may have, I'm just talking about the human being that he was, is Barack Obama was, was encourages, encouraged and continues to encourage us to educate ourselves, to be open-minded, to be accepting, you know, and, and, and our current president just doesn't. Right. He says that he's going to bring in the military to stop people from rioting. When the looting starts, starts the shooting starts. Yeah. It's just, just... <clears throat> That so among amongst other misogynistic and racist comments that he made throughout his entire presidency. Seriously, yeah, that's just a snapshot of like the last fucking week. Mm-hmm. Of, that's the worst thing he said in the last like yeah week and a half or whatever. But one thing for me, have you heard of what Killer Mike's been saying? I have not. Okay, so Killer Mike is a rapper. Uh, lives in Atlanta. Literally one of the most well-spoken people I've ever heard. Not not just people who are also rappers. Mm-hmm. People, it's a sad day in society where a rapper is 100 times more articulate, 100 times more educated, 100 times more understanding than the president of the, of the United States. Mm-hmm. Regardless regardless of who it is, it could be Trump, it could be whoever the fuck. The fact I'm I'm Killer Mike for president. <laughs> like like let's go. He's I know I love his music. I always have. He's on uh, Madden a bunch of times and Excuse me, love his stuff, but what's he been? What's he been saying? Um, so he's he's basically one of the ones who's who's really telling people how um, how to go about. He was one of the ones saying, "Don't burn your own house down." Yeah, you know, he he was really going about like the way to really incite. I, I don't. I'm paraphrasing. I wish I had his quote, but the way to really make a change is by you know um, being peaceful. Mm-hmm. peaceful protesting but but also not standing down in any way but this violence on your own community is not the answer you know yeah. and maybe maybe i i did the jalen rose quote a little early but that's what jalen rose kind of came back with mm. you know um 
So, but he also had some other stuff to say. So I, I want your, uh, I want your opinion on this. Have you heard about Drew Brees at all? Yeah, I heard about what he said briefly. Um, yeah, I didn't get a chance to like, uh, really view. He released a video. Is that what he was doing? Being, so he got interviewed by Yahoo Finance. Okay. Um, recently, it was it was this. <laughs> why get interviewed right now? First of all, I know, right? Can you can you just shut the fuck up? You know, like <sighs> Drew Brees. But okay. I, I have a lot to say that about this, but first I want your um, thoughts about it. So essentially how I understand it, the, the quote is, I will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. And so the, the context is people were saying when the NFL comes around, there's going to be a whole lot more people taking a knee. Sure. I think I'm going to take a fucking knee during the national anthem. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... He said that to that statement, to to the best of my understanding. I don't see that part quoted, but that's the best of my understanding is he was saying the people that are going to be taking a knee, I will never be behind that because they're disrespecting the flag of our country. And he has taken quite the backlash from it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. Have you heard of any of the backlash or? I, I just, I know that it was so bad that he had to release another statement he apologizing. Did. He did. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, um, Malcolm Jenkins, I want to say, is is one of his teammates that that made such an incredibly like heartfelt statement, um, and it was it was really impactful. But I think that, yeah, here here he is. He's got it. He's got a whole statement. He, Malcolm Jenkins. That's right. Um, I had to double check on that. I think that. Um, What's happening is that I don't think we should. So, so what Shannon Sharp came with on Sports Center, I think it was. Um, he said Drew Brees should retire. He should get out of that locker room. He should definitely quit. He should be done because he has taken some huge backlash in terms of people saying that you don't get it, like you don't understand what we're going through. We're not brothers, like teammates. His his defensive captain is malcolm jenkins Mm -hmm. on on the saints Mm -hmm. you know so so that's that's gotta hurt you know obviously he's come back and said like i'm not the enemy i didn't you know blah 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 but these types of slip-ups are showing that you really don't understand and i think that's that's the biggest thing that it it has exposed and and um this kind of goes back to the point that i was trying to share earlier about like how i grew up and and you know, a community that had a lot of people that were kind of close-minded or they just thought one way. And it's not really Drew Brees' fault. Right. I do feel like, I mean, he knows he has a platform. I think he should reevaluate his timing when he <laughs> decides to, like, say stuff like this. Jesus. It's not the right time. Yeah. Um, at the same time, like, like what I was trying to say earlier is you don't want to push him away. You want people that have these mindsets to open up and vocalize themselves so that you can have a dialogue and educate them. But if, if the response is going to be overwhelmingly like, just shut the fuck up, Drew Brees, you know what you're talking about. Right. Then that not only does that, um, make him think that, you know, okay, wow, I'm just never going to share my like thoughts again. Right. Right. It right. makes everyone else that may have any kind of like questionably dissenting viewpoint, um, afraid to ever speak up again right right and, and you want those people to speak up because then you can like have like i said you can like have a dialogue and kind of get them to be open to understanding 
um, the issue and, and maybe changing their mind or just thinking differently. Right. Well, yeah, I think it's, it's a fact of you don't know you're ignorant until you're proved ignorant. You know yeah, what I mean? Exa- you don't, you, exactly. You just think that you, what you, everyone thinks that they're right. 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 Everyone thinks that they're, um, they've done their due diligence and they've educated themselves. And, and w- I need to watch the video so I understand exactly what Drew Brees was trying to say. <clears throat> I think I think what he was trying to convey was that he just doesn't the the flag to him means um something and that you should never disrespect it and Colin Kaepernick by taking a knee disrespected the flag in this this country and, and I don't know what he was trying to say exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's I I I blindsided you with this so my my, my apologies but it's they took a snapshot of his interview and that's never fair you know yeah, and and fair. and he shouldn't have to quit he shouldn't have to anything it's a he's a, just they needed a, an example was needed right drew Brees, drew Brees is being made an example of yeah okay it's not the fact that i i have no feeling from my ignorant perspective i have no feeling that he meant to create this, <laughs> what he's created. I don't think he started that interview being like, I'm going to say some super poignant, opinionated shit that's not going to go well. You know, it's going to get my teammates against me. It's going to say, we used to be homies. We used to be, like, like all past tense. Everything a lot of these guys, Steven Jackson, Malcolm Jenkins, LeBron James mm-hmm. said was like, you know, I can't believe it. I can't believe, like, you're different to me now. But but, but what but I think... Sorry, I was going to say, like... Go ahead. It's crazy because, like, when Colin Kaepernick did take a knee, everybody would have been saying the same thing that that Drew Brees is, is saying right now. Right. So just because like ten more black people got shot and killed by the police and people are demonstrating now, it's like we were saying, it's popular to to like take Colin Kaepernick's side. But when he was taking right. a knee, there was a lot of people, NFL players included, that were like his own damn team, the San Francisco Forty Nine ers. Take fucking he he's not no longer a player because of right. the, his decision to to enact to you know speak his voice and 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 protest that was a form of protest so right silent peaceful protest when he did it i had a lot of like friends and coworkers that were like can you believe this guy i'm just like it's his fucking right like exactly and who fucking cares it's his right let him do what he wants like he's probably doing it for a reason right and and like maybe you should just listen to what he's actually trying to like the reason why he's trying to do this and, and bring attention to this and and like I have nothing against this country or the flag in general, but it it it, it, it like the flag, it means something to different people and exactly and, and like the national anthem that was just his his way of saying hey something's wrong right something's wrong well, with this like you can't just like pretend like you know like like cover everything with like a flag and some some jets flying overhead and play football and be like everything is good get drunk like no sometimes right. you need to be like wait a minute let's let's reevaluate how we're doing as a society and pay, pay some attention to the injustice that's occurring. Colin Kaepernick is a black man, you know, probably felt like he had a bit of a platform and that he could make a difference by making a statement. Yeah. I mean, he obviously had a prop platform, you know, cause we all know about it, you know? So he was utilizing his, whatever, how long he's in, in the spotlight mm-hmm. to, to make a statement yeah. to me. This, the term disrespect is 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 so fucked because disrespecting the flag to me 
would be not acknowledging the fact that the national anthem is playing, not acknowledging the fact that, you know, whatever, continuing to play your beer pong game while the national anthem's going, sure. not, not taking a fucking second to recognize the people that have fought for your freedom and died for your freedom, right? Take a second to recognize it however you feel, you know, just, just don't continue joshing around, jostling around with your friends or whatever the fuck you were doing, you know, take a second. Colin Kaepernick did it in the way he was doing it. But one huge thing Killer Mike said was look at how the American flag is portrayed other ways. It's on your freaking swim trunks. It's on your bikini in the Playboy shoot. You know, it's it's on an album cover of of some fucking rock band that thinks they're on your side. I'm pretty sure he said that verbatim, not not positive. But the the American flag is disrespected in so many ways. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. it's it's put on people's, you know, it's it's not necessarily disrespectful to to genuflect or show in a certain way that you're just going to do something a little different than than you're supposed to, but you're still recognizing the moment. That's the thing is he's recognizing the moment in his way and the fact that it cost him everything in terms of his career so far. Hopefully he gets redrafted after this horse shit but it's it's like disrespectful is is the problem problem word that drew Brees used because there's so many times the flag's disrespected relatively taking a knee is not disrespect it it's not about there's there's people who fought in the civil war and then didn't come home to a to a heroes welcome you know they they came home to oppression they came home to racism they came home to 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 a rough society so there's all this time where they there's there's a there's a different outcome of of what it means to be respectful toward the flag because because there's a different perspective in what it means to be american yeah yeah there's a difference between like disrespecting the flag by taking a knee like Colin Kaepernick did, and disrespecting the American flag by, like, you know, getting mad and burning it and pissing on it. Mm -hmm. That's completely different, you know. I can subscribe to that all day. (coughs) Yeah, yeah. Don't burn it. (coughs) Don't piss on it. But he wasn't doing any of that, bro. He wasn't. crazy. He was was just, yeah, he was just trying to get his point across. Raise awareness. Raise awareness. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And so Drew Brees, like, you know, I get what he's saying. He, 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 like... In some way, I think I understand. He's like he just loves this country. Wants to be patriotic. Wants to be patriotic. Well, yeah, exactly. Sure. Wants to be patriotic. He just needs to be aware of the fact that so does Colin Kaepernick. So right. do all these protesters. Right. They are they are some of the biggest patriots because they are exercising their rights that this country, like the First Amendment, right, that they can say how they feel. That the difference between this country and like you know China. Yeah, you know, like they, yeah. ca- they like we we would not be able to have this conversation right here, being critical of of the the government and like we wouldn't be able to have microphones <laughs> at least. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. They, if they were microphones, they wouldn't be ours. They would be the government's, you know. Yeah, and and <laughs> and like you know everything there is censored and like that. Yeah. I I love this country for so many reasons. The fact that like, you know, um, we have some problems. Like, what country doesn't? Ours are a little bit more, um nuanced i think because we do have such a hodgepodge of people from different backgrounds and countries and everything and and we have a lot of people that are just trying to like ethnicities languages 
you know, here in California, Spanish is basically like, you know, their first language right. in Southern California. Right. And uh, it, it what it comes down to, though, is like everyone is like no one came to this country because they want to make it a worse place. They came to this country and we all live in this country because we have hope that it will be an inclusive and homogenous society where everyone can like get along and and better themselves and their family and you know i i refuse to believe that um black people or latinos or asian americans in their communities if they're just predominantly of that you know ethnicity that they they want to make their community a worse place you know <laughs> that's right that's, i don't think anybody does nobody does you know everybody wakes up trying to better their situation yeah of course you know and better their environment better their surroundings Except for crackheads. <laughs> well, true, but I bet it feels great to be on crack, you know, so they're trying to better their No, but they, they probably want it, exactly. They want to get out of it, and they don't have the support that they need. You know? Right, and and why did they why did they try crack in the first place? Because they had nowhere else to go. And nowhere else to go. Yeah. Conditions are so shitty that they want an out. And, and feeling on top of the world when you're underneath a bridge on crack, probably pretty great. And, and therein lies one of the, the biggest challenges that this country, I think, has is that it's, it's it's very easy to say like we're in this together um but are we so in it together that we will treat somebody in an inner city like half half a country away like you know the other side of the country with the same kind of like ad- or even let's just take it like in california like do we have that kind of um i think california's a great example because we do have a lot of social programs enacted to try and help and, and better you know people that are are living in you know in poverty but that's what it's going to take you know this redistribution of wealth i'm talking about it means like that we're going to have to be uh, more cognizant of the the injustices occurring and and do a better job of trying to take care of our our fellow citizens even if we are not related to them or if we don't right. look like them you know yeah no it's, doubt it's really tough for, for that to happen because like you know, human beings in by and large don't really have that capacity to care about one another beyond like you know um your your family and your friends and and in your your circle so to speak that's yeah. a tough challenge I think. no doubt no doubt no doubt my brother um so we've talked about most of the things that I was looking to talk about on that regard is there anything you want to um continue with on and the current current situation, because I've got some other um other questions for you. <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna get less intense here. Yeah, I no, I I, I think it's a good idea to get a little less intense. Like yeah. I kind of like said everything that I think has has like been on my mind the past few days, and and you know it's crazy because like I said, it does seem like even from Monday to today, Thursday, there has been a, a significant shift in um what's going on with these protests i i feel like there's been less looting there's less rioting we went from like having curfews to i think some cities are getting rid of the curfews so that that i think is inspiring yeah no doubt and it's inspiring to see that there there's a murder to charge on that guy i thought he was going to get no better than murder better whatever whatever way you want to look at that more severe thank you thank you you're so articulate. Um, more severe than murder three, because I want this fucking thing to stick. Bro, if this guy walks, 
this country is burning down. It's walls. burning, man. It's it's this gonna be. Gonna, it's gonna burn down before. And, and and the thing is, is like, I as friend, it as it should. I mean, in a way. like I, you know, that it's you know, I, I have a feeling that they're gonna be convicted. Um, I do if also. There's any if there's any brains on the on the litigation side, hopefully. So so, they also have to like be sure not to push for two like, I don't think that's what I'm saying it's not, that's first, saying. It's not first degree murder it's not first degree because you have to establish pre- motive it wasn't premeditated yeah um, but what's interesting is like there were four officers charged I do think uh, one of them I was reading about this um, that the uh, I forget his name I have to look it up at some point but um, there was one officer that he was only like a year on the job and he was whereas the Who's the guy that actually had his Derek Chauvin? Derek Chauvin, um, he was like a veteran of like nineteen or twenty years or something. Right, right, and right. So and he's had multiple run-ins apparently. Yeah, and multiple complaints too. Right, many complaints about his like you know the brutality that he's he's had. Um, but this new cop, the one that's only been there for a year or something, he actually did vocalize his discomfort and disapproval of what was going on twice to superior officer. To, to Dur- in in the moment in the moment okay so the fact that he was able to to bring up his concern and be like hey maybe you're being too aggressive or like right. maybe, maybe you should move him onto his side like he's in handcuffs or like, like let off for a fucking second exactly like the fact that he was able to do that should be indicative of the fact that he actually had a conscience <laughs> like right. what was going on in the heat of the moment so hopefully he'll maybe you know face a less, lesser d- charge and i'm just saying that like just because they're all cops and they're all there doesn't mean you should be a little bit objective about like uh the degree to which they are culpable sure sure so yeah but flip it on its head you know what i mean like say civilians four four civilians they happen to be african-american in the car one dude shoots out the car window all three are going getting charged you know what i mean or all four sorry all four are getting charged one dude shot off the other three were accomplices the same i think the from my perspective the thing that needs to take place is just a level playing field of like if you do this these are the consequences yeah. not not if your race does this these are the consequences if the white race does this there are lesser consequences and if the cops do it there's lesser to no consequences you know and well and that just comes into play because the police are um, you know, you're seeking to seek, you're seeking justice of people that are of the justice system. Mm. You know, so like the, it's it's inherently going to be, they're the ones that are writing the police reports. They're the ones that have like the judges who they interact with every day, and and, and that takes so much time to reform that. And, right. and, and you know the fact that like what I was saying, this one officer who was only there for a year had a conscience. The other guy Chauvin, who'd been there for 19 years, if you look at his mugshot, if you see how he treated. Um, George Floyd, he just, he just, it was nothing. He was like a robot. He was yeah. just like a robot who blatant had disregard, blatant disregard for human life. He's just like, you know, it's just another black person that is, you know, breaking the law, and I'm gonna fucking, you know, arrest this guy and show him what's up, and and, and not treat him like he's a human. Like I could be him. The dude fucking called for his mom. George called, for his, called mom. for his mom and was like gasping for he air. Treat himself, you know. Like I don't know what at what I, point I, that yeah, is. Yeah, like at what point do you like develop a conscience and be like, wow, what the fuck am I doing? Let like, me just let off a little bit. And like, apparently, and apparently, it, it didn't happen. <laughs> like, oh my god, he, he had so many chances. That's the thing. He had he had thousands of moments that he could have just. 
relinquished a little bit of force. That's that's the thing is each moment throughout that video, he decides to continue his force each moment. So there's thousands of moments where where this is a murder to charge, you know, where he decided to kill this or decided to not have regard for his life. Yeah. I yeah. So I'm you not well versed in the murder two versus murder three, but murder three is something that's odd to me because like it, it only exists in a few states. First okay. degree and second degree murder make more sense. First degree is premeditated. Okay, it's like I I'm going out with, or someone went the officer went out with the intention of killing this man in particular. Okay, it's severe because it's like, um, okay, you 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 know, you're you're Satan. Right. You know. Yeah. Murder two. You wanted this person dead. You wanted this particular person reasons. dead for for whatever motive. Right. Mo- motive never matters. Actually, it doesn't like, matter. Just when, is when, it when is it, it there or not? When it actually no. When it comes to um the law, motive although interesting, it has no bearing in court. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Like motive or in or intent. What matters is what happened, because motive in, in, invokes a lot of emotion. It's like like a, a crime of passion. Oh, okay, yeah. Husband, so, husband versus wife, or yeah, something like that. Something like so that. So at the end of the day, is like if, if if a husband murders his wife, like it doesn't matter the motive. It doesn't matter like oh because she was like cheating on him or something. Right. What matters is you killed somebody. But and you wanted to and you meant to and you meant yeah exactly and that's murder one and that's murder one okay and second degree murder, um, you killed somebody. It may not have been like you sought to kill this person, but you still like like say you're you're robbing a a Seven Eleven and you shoot somebody. Oh, okay. That's second degree murder. You didn't go to kill him. You go to rob the second Seven Eleven, and then you killed them intentionally, killing somebody, although it's not premeditated. Based on the circumstances. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and third degree, I didn't really read into it too much. Um, it's like yeah, I guess because it only exists in like the five states. Okay. In these five Minnesota, Wisconsin, Florida, some other a couple other. Basically, it's like you killed someone due to negligence of being aware of what it is you were doing, okay. which is kind of like the situation. Yeah, that that makes sense, and I'm glad it was. Um, I'm glad it was up, upgraded. I, I agree. I yeah. I want this dude to to do as as long as possible. I think he needs to be made an example of. I think he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I've I watched that video before. I knew it wasn't a fucking accident, dude. Yeah, Man. no doubt. No doubt. And the the blatant disregard he had for for the safety of of um, George Floyd was appalling. It was yeah. absolutely appalling. I watched it. I I follow this Instagram account. I think it's called Hoodside or something. But uh, I saw it so early, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that he had been pronounced dead. I saw it so early. I was like, that is so fucked up. Yeah, so fucked up. And it. And I was like, that dude is flopping around like he is not like coherent. He, I'm like, he's out. But, yeah. but I think he'd been out for minutes. You know, <laughs> I was like, shit. But I and then and then I saw like later that night that he'd been pronounced dead, and I was just, I couldn't believe it. But sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say like the the most difficult part. <clears throat> um. When when this stuff happens, or another another issue that it's a big tangent, but that's I'm just gonna say that like no, it, it, it bothers me in particular because I remember um, vividly when Sandy Hook happened, and just when Obama came and had to give a speech, and and the the anguish that he was on his face was how I felt internal. Right, it's like what kind of monster shoots down children at elementary school? Something. Right. What kind of monster like? 
just kills some a, a, a black man who who someone who's yielded to them yielded to them in handcuffs right and and like and and then there's that and then there's the fact that it's happened before so many times and and it just it it it, it we're becoming we're becoming i personally in some ways have am becoming desensitized to it you know it's yeah. just it doesn't surprise me that that that's uh, another video has leaked about a a person black or otherwise right. being killed by a police officer or being treated unfairly yeah and that, and that I think is that's the scariest part it's just like oh yeah it doesn't surprise me yeah I, and i i feel so similar to to that just like just like when you hear about a shooting you know yeah. you're like another one huh well that's off it's still awful but it's not like holy shit because when you talk to maybe somebody who hasn't heard about it they're like which one Exactly. You know yeah, what I mean? A hundred percent. Which one are you referring which to? One Hold you're referring on. To? You need to be more specific. There's a few that have happened. And this then, week. And then, and then you go and you travel overseas to like Europe or something, and they're just appalled about the fact that one could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, those mass, yep. mass shootings don't happen um, in in most other countries. In England, because they don't even have the right to bear arms. They don't, right. No, nobody has guns over there. Right. You know? So right. Anything that what they have are stabbings. Yeah. Somebody goes and stabs like two people. That's the most violent that their crimes ever get to. Yeah, and it still sucks, but it it's it's awful that it's just with with um I, I'm sorry about the names, but but the guy who was run down by the Ahmad, Ahmad Arbery. Thank you, Ahmad Arbery, and then and then the girl who was shot in her apartment, Brianna uh, Brianna Lewis. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Sorry, sorry for not knowing the names. Ignorant. Hundred percent ingrained, um, but Brianna, Brianna Taylor. Sorry. Okay, no worries, yeah. and uh, you know more than me. But it's like it's so, like you said, to your point, appalling that it's not huge news. And that's the thing. You know it's what like, I mean? Like, like it's huge from my perspective, but it, it should be like headlines all over the place. Not not the the fallout because of it. The fallout because of it is huge, right? Mm-hmm. But the actual happenstance. I mean, it was glossed over well, in a lot of cases, and that's that's what's amazing, and that's why, like, like I said, um, the Ahmad Arbery one affects me in particular because it, it wasn't there was no police brutality involved because they were just two white dudes in a truck, right? Um, but to me, that is is arguably just as bad because it shows that you know people of color, African Americans, have a reason to be afraid in twenty twenty. Not just, just African Americans, you know. Yeah, but well, people who are oppressed against. The like, dude just went for a run. Yeah, exactly. Like, 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 I take it for granted, like how lucky I am that I live in in San Diego, California, where I'm not gonna have two people in a pickup truck drive up behind me and, and gun me down. <laughs> right. Like, right. Like, can you imagine, like, people in, in in Georgia that are just terrified to to live their lives now or or anywhere like and then the brianna the brianna taylor one is i don't know if you know exactly what happened in that situation i, I heard the police came in and started shooting the guy shot back because they or he thought it was there was a non it was like a they didn't say this is a police they just broke in and yeah. so he started shooting yeah. back and they shot her is that is that right that's okay so bas- basically that's kind of the cliff notes okay they, they, the police were investigating some sort of um, like situation where they thought people were selling drugs out of that apartment, 
I don't remember exactly the details about why they, in particular they they sought out to, to question and, and, and raid this apartment. Um, but they obtained some sort of warrant, which in, in Kentucky, in Louisville, this warrant was like a, you don't have to announce yourself or something. Right. Not an, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the word. Non-announced enter or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Unannounced Fucking entry. bullshit. And, and so they, they um, in the middle of the night, at like 3 a.m., they decided to do this raid. Whereas you can do a search warrant any time of the day if you have the warrant. Why they pick, pick 3 a.m., I have no fucking idea. So they knock down the door, don't announce themselves. Um, the, the Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend are sleeping. He panics, has a licensed firearm that he has a permit to carry. He is just trying to defend himself and his girlfriend. So, of course, he, like, grabs it and, and shoots at whoever because they didn't announce who they were. They didn't say they were police. There's just motherfuckers in your house. And they point. were also wearing civilian clothing. Oh, so, my so they're, God. So they're asking for trouble. Yeah. These police, it, you know, like, what, what do you expect? If someone breaks into your place right here and you have a bat right there... And they're wearing swimming clothing. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm swinging. You, you're not gonna fucking like stop and <laughs> think. Maybe these are undercover police and they have a warrant. Yeah, hold on. They're, <laughs> they're yelling and their flashlights are in and, my yeah, eyes. And they have. They all have guns. Like okay, they all may, have guns. Maybe, maybe. Like no, you're gonna fucking stand your. You're like in, and hold your ground and defend your your domicile. You're literally like this is why I have a gun right here. Yeah, for, for this reason. Intruders. For this reason. This is it. I'm Please. protecting my girlfriend. I'm protecting my house. I'm protecting whatever. And, and in that situation, Brown Taylor is a. Um, she's trained to be an EMT. Is, you know, a, she's got a, a fast track to a career. She has conceivably done nothing wrong. They still haven't announced any like crime that was occurred by her or her boyfriend. Um, so I don't know why the police are breaking down the door, but they ended up shooting at her boyfriend and herself. I think they injured the boyfriend and they killed her after shooting her Ugh. eight eight times. Eight eight times, times man. Fuck. So so I mean, like everyone's like. I do, I do not understand when people say um, and bring up the point that, oh, you know, the, the statistics are like, you know, wrong. Black people are not the subject of, of police brutality. They're not like the subject of or they commit more crimes. I'm just like you hear stories about people who are doing a passive activity. And they get gunned down by the police or or vigilantes in the case of a mod Arbery. There's something intrinsically wrong about the way that people view one another and and that's what i'm talking about when i say like yes we need to end police brutality but we need to have like and everyone's kind of bringing up this this point we need to have discussion about how we view one another right right and that's where this stuff of derries me you know ignorance needs to be shown it's like it's like when it's like when a professor asks is there any questions and somebody asks a dumbass question that to the professor is like, all right, I need to iron out this curriculum a little bit because yeah. I'm losing them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm losing these motherfuckers. There's 20 hands going up, and it's all fucking questions that I think are so off topic. You know what I mean? Or yeah. they're so like they're non sequiturs. They're not. They're not part of where we're at in the lesson. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many people that are behind the curve. Drew Brees just outed himself as one of them. I'm definitely one of them. Hopefully, I don't out myself like Drew Brees. You keep saying that. I don't think you're as, <laughs> as ignorant as you say you are. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, brother. But but it's it's more like I, I more will err on the side of ignorance. Like, I'll err on the side of I'm ignorant before I make a poignant, like, statement like that. You know what I mean? So, it could happen. I could make a statement. I want to 
be more, I want to have more of a voice. I want to podcast a lot more. So there could be a time when I say something ignorant. But See, I would, I would argue, though, like you keep saying that, I would argue that somebody who is inclined to challenge their own view and to educate themselves and who is con- committed to lifelong education is by definition not an ignorant person. Well, thank you, brother. Because like, I appreciate that. a baby is ignorant. Right, they right. don't know shit, but they also can't be faulted for being ignorant because they're a baby. Right. Or like any individual that like doesn't know something but is willing to like challenge themselves, like that to me is is not. I mean, ignorance. Yeah, it means like you don't know something, but closed-mindedness is more scary than somebody who doesn't know something. Mm, you know? Okay. You're yeah. very open-minded. Thank you, brother. Thank you. No, and I and I try to be. It's a it's something that I've had to work on. It's something that I wasn't born into. I wasn't. I do not come from an open-minded family. If you if you heard a lot of the the ideals that I was raised upon, not of them racist, but a lot of them like not open-minded. So so opposite of that. So so it's been a learning experience from the get for me. You know, mm-hmm. like like I've w- me going to college and me taking you know civil power and discrimination courses that I got a D in. You know what I mean? Because I'm coming from this essentially inherent racist town. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're we're inherently, ra- I mean, it's all of our faults, but you know, we didn't really have the perspective to to to, I don't know, be more cognizant than we were. But what I learned from that, which I'm so glad that I came from that, because I see the side of these people who had no other chance. Yeah, it's like if you're if you're born in a colony or whatever cult whatever you want to call it and they all believe something you had no chance to believe anything else this is the reason i'm not religious is because i thought of other people being born the one one factor of my religion that i was born into was other religions are wrong yeah. and, and i was like well what about the kids and and if they believe that they're going to hell okay but what about the kids that had no chance they had no chance to believe anything else their parents grandparents friends everybody was like this religion and that's opposite of my, re- or it's different than my religion. It's like they never had a chance at heaven. Okay, well, I don't believe in this because I think everyone should have an equal chance at their own heaven. But then I was like, okay, well, this seems convoluted, and I was out. And this is at 11, maybe 10 yeah. or 11, something like that. And so so that's when my mind kind of exploded. It kind of been like, okay, I'm now going to take in other ideals and other mindsets from other people Mm -hmm. and that's where my i guess curiosity came from and that's where i'm at today and and i'll I'll say man like the fact that you left that town that you grew up in and you lived in seattle for a little bit right yep yep and then uh where else did you move corvallis uh i lived in la for a while i lived in seattle and i've and here in san diego yeah so there's a there's a common theme amongst the people i've met here in san diego and like it, most of my friends are from elsewhere they're transplants right right but it just seems like you you learn so much by expanding out of your comfort zone leaving that bubble that you were grown up in and and like that inherently i think explains why a lot of people of my friends here in san diego in particular are are very open-minded very accepting and inclusive and and like willing to have these kinds of conversation yeah no doubt it 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 speaks volumes and and a lot of it is just because people you know where we've lived in different places probably well traveled you know like you learn so much one of the 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 biggest takeaways i've ever had from 
from traveling <clears throat> is that people look different wherever you go in the world, but by and large, everyone like just wants to basically be happy and take care of their family. Yeah, they take care of travelers. Man, yeah. there's one time my dad and I we, we were <laughs> without. I'm not gonna set up at all because it sounds more funny. We were trying to get to Saudi Arabia and we ended up hitchhiking with a camel herder. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> and the dude, um, he gave us a ride in his pickup truck and he's like the friendliest guy, this young dude. He took us to the nearest town where we get a taxi to get to get to like where we're trying to get to. Before that though, he took us to a spot where we could get breakfast and he paid for our our meal. He wow. refused like payment from from my dad, like he was wouldn't accept it at all, and that kind of hospitality to a complete stranger, it speaks volumes to me because I'm just like, man, you know this this person for all I know, in the states does that happen that often? I don't know. Would you pick up a hitchhiker? It's uh, like sometimes in some parts uh, of the country, it's it's like you're gonna think it's kind of sketchy, you know? Yeah. Um, but but there it was kind of like this guy picked up a complete stranger. Granted, like my dad speaks fluent Arabic, I speak a little bit, but it's like you go and you travel these different places and you realize people don't really judge you for for like how you look. They just they just are curious and they want to help. They want to learn. They they like you know will even feed you or give the shirt off their back for you. And and that that's my biggest takeaway from traveling. And that's why I I hope everyone has the opportunity to live in a different city. From where they were, you know, grew up, or to at least travel to a place that puts them out of their comfort zone. Because right. when you get out of your comfort zone and, and you immerse yourself in a culture that is inherently different from yours, I feel like people are often surprised about how similar those people actually are to themselves. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Sorry to pause you, my man. I have to pee it's so fucking bad. <laughs> you mind me pee real quick? Go for it. All right. Yo, so I don't know what happened, but when uh, we both went to take a leak, um, the audio cut out. But basically, I asked Azam um, what his biggest fear is with the pandemic and all this stuff that's going on um, with the virus. Predominantly, people's mental health. That was the biggest thing that I was worried about. I'm just right. Like, if people are going to, you know, quarantine themselves and not leave their house and be super paranoid about like going anywhere, even the grocery store, that's going to be um, an issue going forward because people need human interaction. Right. And, Absolutely. And, and uh, this is one thing that I've gotten a lot of uh, kind of, I guess, shame for from some friends, a few friends, is that, like, I made an effort to, like, quarantine or whatever, but I still had, like, people over that first weekend in particular. Right, right, right. And, and like... After that, there Azam was has the best yard parties ever. Everybody, yeah, yeah, right. He's got the best front yard in San Diego. Lawn days, man. Every weekend, lawn gang. <laughs> um, so kind of did that, noting to kind of maintain a little bit more, like you know, social distance or whatever. But then we sent a picture to a buddy inviting him over, and we got like fucking chewed out for it, and just kind of like, you know, shamed was passed around to other friends and my ex even was involved and, and I had to hear from her and, oh, man. and and so like that there's there's some there's some uh there were you know a lot of a lot of like just 
frustration and, and like, you know, uh, a lot of emotion happening and going on because of, of certain people that, that were so strongly, they felt so strongly about their conviction that they had to like go out of their way and, 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 and kind of shame someone for doing something. And myself who, you know, like, and my friends that decided to hang out and kind of a couple of us did throughout quarantine like you know hang out on the lawn just because we want some semblance of normal some semblance of normalcy right um when I, it's easy to be six foot of feet apart on your giant lawn there's you that know what i mean and there's also the fact that like everybody in in pb on uh, every weekend throughout the quarantine you would see people hang out in their lawn or their driveway or wherever they could you know throughout the entire Thru- thing throughout the entire thing no doubt know? it's just like people need to be social and and like I, I just don't I think there's more harm that goes into um that that can occur from just locking yourself in your in your place and not leaving ever. Right. You know? No, and the thing that I thought was extremely toxic was the fact that like I don't know if it was I think it was California's governor that said if you tell on someone for not social distancing distancing or or whatever, it's like we'll reward you. You know what I mean? And it's like trying to, that's, that's what I look at. Like we're trying, they're trying to mimic the Chinese government where they're like, Oh, Hey, if you snitch on somebody, we'll reward you rather than it's like usually snitches get stitches. I think was a headline. This, this goes back to why it's important to like maintain dialogue and try and educate someone. Like, look, right. I, I understood, I understand and understood fully the repercussions of, of like continuing to see people in some capacity during a pandemic. Right. Of course, I'm not a fucking idiot, and I understand more than more than you know some people do. At the same time, it's like, what kind of like I said, what damage does can be done by like not seeing anybody? Right, right, right. No, I've heard some. I think it's the Rogan podcast, but he said that like suicide rates went from typically one a week to like three a day or something or four a day. Something. I believe it. You know, and it's because people need that. People need to have social interaction eye contact you know like and, like and beyond zoom calls right too, right right or, or that's FaceTime. a far cry from what we need you yeah. know there's dunbar's number that we should really be around 150 people that all have the I we're all that. in the same yeah. you know i think it's called dunbar's number but yeah it's like you need a community around you people who are in a community have a, the propensity to live 10 years longer than people who don't who live in isolation or as like hermits or something. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it literally adds 10 years to your average lifespan. Yeah. So that's that's huge. So so that that was a big part of, of my my coronavirus experience my, my during the pandemic. During the pandemic that's still going on. <laughs> right. And there's probably going to be a second wave now. Probably, um, probably. But I think you and I are both lucky because we have roommates. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Actually. There's so many people out there that live alone. Yeah. And they chose to live alone because they have 60 fucking coworkers, you know what I mean? Or, or whatever it sure. is. They it have needs. so many coworkers. They're like, nah, I'm good on my own at home. But when all it is is you and your thoughts, I mean, that's the worst punishment if you go to prison is yeah, isolation. Exactly. You so, know what I mean? I was, Solitary I was, confinement. I was bring that up. Yeah. yeah. It, it is the worst possible punishment that they can give an inmate because they know that it is the most detrimental. Right. It affects you, your psychology, your you know, psychological well being. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I, could, I don't, I don't know if, if what I did was right or wrong. It is what I did. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of 
things I think that this you know no, this government could have done to try and 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 combat the coronavirus. There was a lack of response from our federal government. Definitely. And 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 they could have stopped it initially, but you know they fucking made it a joke. They called it the the China virus. They they said that it would never come here. They'd be li- they they under um, emphasize the importance of of it all, and then. Although I will say that California did a pretty good job because they put in place like you know the lockdown pretty early, and cases here have been proportionally speaking, compared to the percentage of like the percentage of people that got infected compared to the overall population, has been pretty decent compared to other no states. doubt yeah, so, um, yeah, and so thank goodness we did it when we did it you know right but right. I mean the the places that got hit hard New York Seattle you know like. I'm not sure where else, but Chicago. Chicago was pretty bad. Yeah. Okay. I mean, those densely populated cities. I think LA was was a lot worse than like San Diego too. Okay. Even though it's not densely populated, they have a lot more. They 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 were talking about like how they've started to open up things here in San Diego. Um, LA isn't going to have that until like August, is what I heard. Oh, really? Yeah. So not even not even restaurants. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, unless they changed it recently, and now yeah. anything goes now, I have no idea what's going on anymore. From the guys on the podcast I've been listening to, yeah, they're still they're still all up in arms about about how it's still the same. But and yeah, Rogan and all them want to move to Texas, you know. So <laughs> it's like all right, but but it's like you said, it's not it's not necessarily something that needed to happen, you know. Like there was there's so many times that. We could have taken it seriously and and been, but now that now that the numbers have come in, now that we've flattened the curve, there's inherent risk to life. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the, yeah. I wanted to bring that point up. There's too. there's inherent risk to to just getting in your car, yeah, to crossing 100%. the street, to whatever. You're you're assuming all these cars are going to stop. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. I, I ride a motorcycle every day. You know, like. I can't tell you how many close calls I've had. I can't tell you like how how like risky it is. Obviously, I, I assume that risk. You assume risk in everything you do in life, right? Even right. if you like stay at home and you go to sleep every day, you might wait, you know not wake up because you have a brain aneurysm. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen. Right. And when it comes to the coronavirus, I guess it's easy to say because it is such a low mortality rate, but a much higher rate. It would be everyone would probably be freaking out a lot more. At the same time. You just can't control what you can't control, right? You know, right. So, so to live in fear is way more dangerous than to not live at all. You know, right? No doubt, no doubt. And yeah, it's it's like now it's easy to say, "Here's what should happen." Uh, for sure. Um, two months ago, I was scared shitless, man. I was like, "Let's all stay home." I was I was preaching to my parents. That this great meme I saw was. Uh, Two months ago, we're all infectious disease experts, and now we're all civil yeah, rights civil activists. Rights. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, so it's like everybody is on the pedestal, but yeah. but it's because of the time we're taking what we know of the sample size we can't know is in the future. So we're taking our sample size and 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 saying our opinions. But in this in the in the same vein, to your point, there becomes a point where the keeping society closed becomes more dangerous. Than catching corona. Well, and, and here's the thing is like imagine actually when when things were starting to lock down, I kind of anticipated or predicted something happening like like these protests. Mm. I'm like everyone's gonna be, you know, losing their minds at worst or just bored at best. Everyone's gonna be um, you know, just have all this pent up energy. 
right. a lot of people. In fact, uh, thirty percent. I think is that the unemployment rate right now? Uh, somewhere 20, 20 to thirty percent. Twenty to thirty percent. Like a lot of people don't have jobs. Right. There's going to be some sort of like unrest. Like this is what I was thinking at the beginning of this. There's going to be some sort of like repercussions for all of this. There's going to be like you know, and and we're kind of seeing it right now. Fortunately, it is a um, lead, it seems to be like it's leading towards a, a beneficial, you know, um, outcome. Yeah. But but it's just like it, the writing was on the wall when you have you know population of people that all feel like they they you know, we're not submissive. Everyone is very like you know wanting to to, to do something with their lives. To be right. To do something. To to do good. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy to be like. Stay at home. We're in this together. You know, all these fucking statements, all these fucking companies made to like sound like they're uh, every single company you've ever subscribed an email to yeah. is telling you their perspective on <laughs> yeah. Corona. It's like we're in this together. All right, jabber. Yeah, I don't need to know what jabber, jabber thinks <laughs> uh, on terms of Corona. You know what I mean? Like, like y'all can stay silent. I don't give a fuck. I was never gonna come to your office. So. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I didn't even know I had emails from you guys. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> Unsubscribe. I, I clicked this like five times. <laughs> All you got out of that was an unsubscribe. You know what I mean? So, it's yeah, like it's like, this, thank you. I get the solidarity, but but of course, this country, like, being the, the capitalist society that we live in, everyone finds a way to, like, make themselves look good or, like, make money off of the situation. Right, Same, right. Thing, with the, same thing with, like, or, or, yeah, along the lines of coronavirus. Like, now they have masks where you can buy that have your favorite team logo on them and shit. Like, exactly. Exploiting, exactly. exploiting the issue for their own beneficial gain. Yep, yep. People riding the, I don't know if you want to call it coattails or, or just riding the wave, the wave. of, of, of yeah. something they see happening. It's it's kind of gross, but it's kind of, it's going to happen. You yeah, know? it's going to happen. People people are going to jump on. And, and that's, not to not to go back to our, our old topic, but that's what I see when, when I see people <clears throat> like seeking attention for, for activism that has... Maybe something to do with one of their friends, maybe something to do with their heart, but it has nothing to do with their person, right? They haven't yeah. experienced this, but they want attention for it, it. It reminds me of those companies that are trying to like re-remind you of themselves during Corona. The only thing I will say is that, yeah, I, sometimes it's it's easy to tell when somebody's like just trying to not feel excluded, right? But but. Again, or capitalize a little bit. Yeah. Again, though, it's like if if somebody does something with. You don't know what their intentions were. Right. They did it with good intentions. They're trying to like show that they're uh, um, not insensitive, or or maybe trying to educate their. Because someone might post something, you don't know who they who their followers are. Right. So maybe they do make a difference, and and, and you have to like kind of assume the best out of people's intentions. Right. I, right. I think, right. Right. I mean, because no. because I mean, if everyone whispers, it's gonna sound like a stream. You know what I mean? Sure. So so. Go ahead. I was gonna say because I post stuff and I don't know what people think. I, sometimes people comment, sometimes people reply to stories, sometimes people don't. I, I I I hope that no one thinks I'm I'm just like trying to seek attention. It's more like it's different. It's different coming from you though. No, it's not. Really? You don't think so? Why should it be? I mean, you don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say you have white privilege. You know what I mean? Like I would say it's a I want the perspective from someone who doesn't have the privilege that I inherently have. And in, in, I think, I in think terms speak, of in terms of the the protests I, and riots, I and think it stuff. speaks more when somebody who is not a person of color 
shares how much they are trying to understand compared to someone who is easy for someone who, who's black to say black lives matter right okay but it, 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 it speaks more volumes when you see white or latino or asian american people sharing stuff to the, 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 the trying to help people educate themselves showing that they're trying to educate themselves as well or out there demonstrating you know sure yeah so, no doubt as long as, as long as they're doing it for that reason and not for the personal gain it, it you know it, well, i'm trying to think of a good expression but uh at the end of the day if if the that's on them right if if, if they're you, nobody will know why someone shares something what's your real motive if, is if they're yeah. if they're you know uh, a narcissist so be it but right. if they're actually a narcissist that donates a hundred dollars to some cause they they still donate a hundred dollars yeah so. <laughs> yeah no doubt no doubt if because yeah if they shared it or not whatever doesn't matter regardless of their motive like regardless of their intentions if their actions are in the right place then it can be impactful sure of course. Okay. Uh, it will be impactful okay and i and i agree with that i just hope that people are are not doing this in the way that those companies like reminded themselves reminded us of themselves during corona you know what i mean yeah yeah I, I know what you mean. that's that's the t- kind of analogy i'm trying to draw you, in between so yeah yeah i don't i don't mean to offend anybody but i just think that if you see something wrong you don't necessarily need to be accredited for also thinking it was wrong yeah you know you can you can do what you think is right and do what you think will offset it without doing a look at me post which so much of social media to me is like look at me yeah so and it that's that's the problem is is that's kind of the the reason for social media is look at what i'm doing look at me here look at me over there but it's it's just a to me type thing and that's that's here's another side of my ignorance is that I don't, I'm not great at social media. I don't have a ton of followers. I think my podcast has barely any, but <laughs> who cares? But you'll get the Azam bump. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping for the Azam bump, but, uh, we'll get you on our podcast too, man. Hey, anytime, anytime. But I, I really just think that the way to do this is, is like, um, an analogy I'll make is working out at home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's so many people who go to a gym back in the day, <laughs> remember gyms, uh, to to work out, but they get, you know, wear their best outfit. Girls would put on makeup to go to the gym, do all these things. It's a spectacle. Mm-hmm. The gym is a spectacle for them. It's it's a let me be seen type. The people that I respect are the ones that are doing plank position at home. Yeah. You know, 100%. and not posting about it and not putting on makeup and they're and they're fucking grinding it out. And that's that's what I'm saying is I respect those people that are doing something when nobody's watching. Yeah. They're doing it because they think it's right and because they think it's helpful. And they don't give a fuck if, if this person sees it. They're not looking for that boost of like, look at me doing this and look at how this I am and look at how that I am. It's like, if you're really that, it's like that quote from Shakespeare, the lady doth speaketh too much. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's like yeah, you, yeah. you're almost biting yourself in the ass yeah. by, by doing a little more than what you need to, you know? I was going to say, like, I, I have a, 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 a firm kind of rule to myself. It's like I'll never approach a girl at a gym, never hit on a girl at a gym. Okay. I will find, but having said that, obviously, 
attractor or I would attractor. <laughs> I've never been able to like just I wouldn't know how to say it, but like wow, I, I like how you your form with your you know, deadlifts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's always gonna be dog <laughs> well, shit. What Whatever say? you say first is always just, dog shit. I just I'm of, the, of the assumption that like girls that are at the gym just like they always say you know they want to be bothered, so I'm like I'm not gonna bother you, whatever. Right. So um. You have to have a lot of confidence and charisma, which I think you have in spades. So, like, <laughs> thank you, brother. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, like, I will say that the girls that you can tell some, not just girls, guys too, they go to the gym to, like, you know, flaunt and, and, and kind of like draw attention. And, and, you know, the the girls that are more attractive to me at the gym are the ones that, like, have the, the baseball hat on and, like, the, you know, kind of like a baggy, baggy shirt on. Oh. They're just there to, like, just do their workout, and they don't yep. want attention. I'm just like... Sweaty as hell. I respect you. Yeah, you just <laughs> drenched in sweat. I'm, I'm attracted to you more than, than that girl over there with, like, the big tits. Like, you know, I, I don't... The neon, the neon matching Lululemon shit with the fucking, yeah, makeup and perfect hair. It's like, yeah. it's like all right, you look good, but you don't look genuine. You know that's, what I mean? That's the key. Gen- yeah, being genuine. And I kind of yeah. took a tangent probably lost all of you know <laughs> listeners because i all 12 of my listeners are kind of objectified no, 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 not at all not at all i don't my intention i wasn't trying to do that i was just trying I don't to say think, that i don't think genuine that's a, genuineness i don't think that's objectification i think i think it's just noticing like trying too hard yeah and and, and yeah. being attracted maybe to the, someone maybe the opposite of objectification actually yeah right yeah because you're you're wanting someone to try less you know, when someone some, to be who they are. Exactly. Exactly. You want to see a sample size of what they're like. Yeah. And if they're going to the gym, everybody's ugly at some point of the day. For sure. I'm I'm ugly throughout the day. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I'm just playing. But whatever. You know what I'm saying? But like I I think that um that having that little sample size of of what they're really like and then being attracted to that, it's it's true. It's it's a true like feeling of how it would be to date that person or, you know, if if someone's out and they whatever they they didn't do so much to get ready or or whatever, it's it's just more of a a genuine thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't think it's, a, it's objectification at all. I think it's more of a preference, and it's someone not being so engrossed in the self, and and you're you're more looking at someone's detached a little bit from their ego and able to be in public without looking their best yeah which which it makes it so when we're out it doesn't have to be like hey we want to go get breakfast oh you need to do hair and makeup for an hour and a half you know what i mean we could just fucking go you just want someone that's real exactly exactly and that's that's huge huge in terms of attraction for me it's 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 funny the the uh um the the contrast because it seems like a lot of people i mean there's nothing wrong with like looking good and, and and looking and being your best self and highlighting your attributes sure no doubt but when it becomes when it transcends that like line of are you doing it because you want self-esteem or you're doing it because you're vain so right so there's a fine line there and it, it's not exclusive to women guys too you know obviously but but yeah that, that's that's the difference between finding someone thinking they look hot versus being attracted to them, I would say. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no doubt. There's so many people in my life that I'm like, she's good looking, but am I attracted to her? Mm-hmm. No, you know? Yeah. Or, I mean, guys all the time, I'm like, that's a good looking cat. You know, I've, I've, I know what a good looking dude looks like to me, but I'm horrible because I'll, I'll bring dudes in front of their girls and I'm like, that's a good looking dude. They're like, no. I'm like, 
I don't know. Yeah. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I have that's, no idea. That's why that, I hell I will. The only time I've ever commented on if a guy is like physically like you know they're they are not attractive but like good looking. Objectively good looking. Objectively yeah. good looking is like if a girl asks me because right. I I realize I have no idea necessarily. Right. Sometimes it's like easy to tell. Like okay, so pick any like you know hollywood star of course they're probably aquaman fucking call drogo call drogo brad pitt leonardo DiCaprio. of course they're like objectively good looking that's why they're a a star like an actor because everyone agrees the only reason that's why they got the role because yeah exactly (laughs) um versus some joe schmo is just kind of like no the thing is is like like uh, beauty is subjective, though. That's the right, problem. Right, you know? right. And the attraction is even more subjective. And it can be how you carry the the fact that you're that you too. look this way. You know what I mean? Like if I know a girl who's not drop dead gorgeous, but she carries herself like she doesn't really give a fuck, mm-hmm. she goes up so many points for, for sure. Me. For you sure, know what I mean? Sure. So Vers- many oh, points. Yeah, dude, me too, hundred percent. Versus a girl that like knows that they're how how beautiful they are, and they fucking like act like they're the god's gift to the earth yeah well here's a here's an example for you uh we went out on a boat last weekend and uh there's this girl that showed up late and as soon as she gets there she says hi to everybody and hits the bathroom okay Okay. and i was like okay just whatever didn't even notice it (laughs) (laughs) whatever now another girl went with her so i don't think she had to take a dump but regardless (laughs) non not relevant but so. She's in the bathroom for, give it, 30 minutes. And uh, your boy has to piss. It's a long time. Real bad. And there's one bathroom in this place. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just kind of, I noticed it because I had to piss. I was like, who is in the bathroom? And finally, her and this other girl come out and she's doing her, and she's still like touching her eyes and still looking in the mirror and all this stuff. And mind you, we're going on a boat. And she was late. And she's super late. She could have done that shit at home. Exactly. No, she walks over to the living room mirror and starts doing her makeup again in the living room mirror. I finally go take a piss, come back, still doing her makeup. We go out on the boat, puts giant sunglasses on her eyes, can't even see the fucking things. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, with regardless of how, not that it matters my feelings towards you, and it shouldn't, and I'm not going to voice them towards her, but if I was attracted to her, before she got there or as she arrived, I would have been so unattracted to her based on how hard she tried just to do nothing. You know what I mean? Like, like you, it's like, it's like, it's, it's just like you, you had such an agenda to make your eyes look right. And then you covered them anyway. It's like, you could have done no makeup and it would have been no different. And so, so for me, guys, guys do that so much too. I've seen guys do push-ups while they're on the way to, while they're in line for to get into a bar, so their shirts fit tighter around their arms. You know what I mean? It's it's so ridiculous, and it's so like not the thing that you need to focus on. You know, you're turning the knob that doesn't need to be turned anymore. Yeah. There's other knobs in in an attraction that you could turn, like like how to have a conversation. How to have a conversation. <laughs> Charisma, ability to listen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, There's yeah. so many of these things that they don't factor in. You know. Being funny, being funny is huge. Get a knock knock joke together, as my as my guy Mark Norman would say, you know. So so there's so many of these things that aren't really relevant that people think that one person dapped them up for it, 
you know, oh my God, your arms are huge. That's the only knob they know how to turn. Oh my God, your makeup looks so good. That's, oh, I better think it makes, make it look so good every time. Mm-hmm. Like this girl didn't even talk. There was two guys on the boat. She didn't talk to any of us. You know what I mean? It's like, who are you doing your makeup for? You took all your pictures with your sunglasses on. I just don't get it. I don't even. I'm try, sorry. I don't even try to get it. So Ran over. Get, if, I, if I saw if I saw a girl doing that, I'd just unfortunately probably just immediately d- dismiss it and write write her off as like, okay, that's her own problem. I'm not right. affected. Whatever. Um, but but yeah, th- that's a whole other line of uh, maybe insecurity that they exactly. mask. You know. Exactly, and that and it might be from some childhood something or other childhood trauma, or just like being, or being raised like and you know women have they have a um, a very different world that they live in, man. Right, I mean, like right, they, right. They, they they have societal expectations. They they have expectations from their their mother. Their their you know to to be pretty to be thin. Expectations oh. from from like all these magazines and 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 movies that they see and. And girl, the guys, yeah, you know, there's pressure on us to be like fit and to like, you know, you know, have a good job and and whatever. But at the end of the day, it's like uh, girls have way worse, I think, because they have to balance this fact that they want to be recognized as as equal to men. Right. In terms of intellect and yep. and and what they can can bring um, from a from a you know a profession professional standpoint, with like trying to be uh, pretty and like you know maintain their their physique so that they can attract a male you know right and 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 make up for the maybe the societal standards they're lacking in. You know what I mean? They might think they're lacking in society's standard of what's a good butt. So it's like, okay, so I gotta flex the eyes real hard. You know? Yeah. There, there's all <coughs> these factors at play. This is this is another instance where I'm ignorant, right? Because I haven't had like exactly like you said, I haven't had the experience of what it's like to be a female right. in this society. So I'm so ignorant to to those things. I'm more speaking from like what I find attractive and maybe some advice to someone out there who's thinking that they only have this one good quality like they don't realize what other qualities guys are looking at you know what i mean like yeah, I, I as a guy i thought that it was just about biceps and six pack for the longest time yeah and i pressed that button until i couldn't press it anymore and my life was no different <laughs> Dude, i i like had the the um was it last summer or i was like Yes, finally the dad bod. Yeah, I embrace it. And, you know, this, <laughs> exactly. This is totally my. No, I stay in shape a little bit, but, um, and then that the dad bod thing lasted like literally one summer. <laughs> right. Yeah, because you think they that's what they want, but what they really want is just the you accepting you. I think that's what that's what anyone really wants. Right. And at the end of the day, like looks and and. It gets you in the door, and it also it, it speaks more to than just like vanity. I really do right. feel like somebody that take care takes care of themselves. Well, that's a reflection of how they conduct themselves, um, and you know in general. Right, right, right. If they have discipline, if they're going to the gym, they you know four or five times a week. They have uh, motivation and and 
if they're training for a marathon or something, you know, they have right. the ability to challenge themselves and, and set goals. And, and it's not just all about like vanity. I definitely no don't think that. Um, I, find a you're, over you're good. Here. I just think that that looks definitely get you in the door. But to me, it takes getting to know someone and the personality of that individual to be attracted to them more so than just how they look. Yeah. Well, one thing I've always said is is looks aren't everything, but they're the first thing. The, yeah, hundred percent. They're they're the initial thing. So so yeah, no doubt. It's like do you if you want to 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 look your best, I don't fault you at all. Like I'm such a I I try to look my best for sure. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to highlight the attributes, but there's there's one thing that I always talk about to to people who I help with in sales or marketing, whatever, it's what you can't fix, you feature. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so if there's something that you can fix, it's like, okay, I'm not liking this physical attribute. I've got a gut, you know, don't mm-hmm. like it. I don't like it. It's not that, point it as, do you not like it or does society not like it? Because if you don't mind, fucking feature that shit. But if you can't fix it, if it's something like, like I am hair challenged, you know, yeah. I can't grow hair. So I just decided to feature it. I was like, all right, I'm going to help it the best I can, but I'm just going to be a bald dude. I'm going to rock it. And that's how, how I'm going to roll. Funny, because my um, opposition here has maybe the best hair in San Diego. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> dude, honestly, like, <clears throat> I, I, for, I, you know, it's another thing I've never had to experience what it feels like to be a, a male that's you know losing their hair or that's bald sure but but interestingly enough before i decided to grow my hair out i used to i used to shave my head hmm. like uh to to a zero like wow yeah for since college it was my freshman year of college you're gonna until, have to show me some pics of that yeah i got plenty i can't i can't t- even fathom it up until 2015 and then like i, I just it was more out of like frugal you know being frugal mm. and uh just not wanting to go to the barber every other week or whatever. Right, right. And also, like, not really knowing how to style my hair. I was just kind of like, well, this is easy. Just shave it off and don't have to worry about, like, putting any product or whatever. And it was, I'll tell you what, man, like, <clears throat> there are days where I consider it, it was very liberating. Right. You know, it's just kind of like, you don't have to think about it. You know, people, no one really seemed to judge me or treat me any differently. Just like, I don't, I don't treat you any differently. I don't treat anybody who's, you know, balder or whatever. I, I think that, like, actually... Um, it it'd be different if I couldn't grow my hair out, I suppose. But uh, you know, the, the thing is, is the that's the very last thing I ever think of whenever I see you or hang out with you. Right, right, right. And and I I think like things like that are so much more in my head and other people who lose their hair's head for sure. Then yeah. I always tell my my clients they're their own harshest critics. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You always are. You think that everyone's noticing something, and they're in their head like, "Oh fuck, I forgot to pay this bill." Shit, uh, Karen's not texting me back. Fuck. It's like, huh? Well, they're thinking about their own, like, you know. exactly. They've got their own pile of problems that they're mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, and they're and they're probably thinking that you're noticing something about them exactly. that's going weird. You know <clears throat> what I mean? That's exactly right. So, 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 what what going bald has really helped me with is is this fact of what you can't fix, you feature. 
You know yeah. what I mean? If yeah. you can't fix it, you you do your best. You feature it. It's it's just part of you now. People and like you rock it. Yeah, people like someone that owns owns it. Right, owns yeah. what they Compared are. Compared to like you know, the, the quit fucking with us, Donald. We know that that's a fucking toupee. Right, <laughs> right. That's not your real. Or hair. whatever it is. Like, can you cut it shorter? Like, like do a fucking. A fade or something. Why does it have to be this crazy fucking swoopy, swirly thing? I've seen so <laughs> many hair transplants in my line of work. I just don't know. And he's pulling on. He's like, it's real. It's it's fucking not real. Yeah. Like, it just de- it defies physics. Like, it's not real. Right. Right. Actually, I saw this picture on Reddit of what Donald Trump might look like if he were to embrace his wellness and mm. maybe grow a little goatee or something. He actually looked like a pretty distinguished individual in that right. in that mock up or whatever. I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. Maybe. Like I've that. seen I've seen the same or not the same, but I've seen similar pictures of like Barack Obama with like a lineup and a and a fade. Oh, I've and like seen the that. lines on the side. That'd be cool to see. He looks fresh as fuck. Really? I was I like, bet, man. Barack, <laughs> you should definitely rock that dude. That looks fucking tight. Black don't crack. Seriously. They're like, he looks so much older. I'm like, he still looks fresh as fuck. He looks fresh, yeah. Like he just he just looks a little little more salty, but still he's got that Denzel Washington. He could be thirty five or sixty five and I have knows, no knows. fucking idea. If it weren't for the fact that like you know they, they say pre- the presidency puts so much stress on. Oh, I like he, I imagine. The, I, I mean, imagine. like from from day one to when he left office to now, he definitely aged quite a bit mm-hmm. more so than the eight years he was in office. But um, but still, the the guy's got style for sure. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, brother. Well, have you been on any dates in the quarantine? <laughs> uh, you're still single, right? Sorry, should have should have asked that first. I am definitely still single. Okay, I believe that Cassidy and Doug lost the bet. They they bet that I was being in a relationship by June. I don't think they understand, man. They like because they met me when I was, you know, kind of I almost immediately after moving to San Diego, I got into a relationship. Okay, and a pretty significant one. Um, How'd you guys meet? Me and uh, Cassie and Doug. No, no, no. You and the girl you dated as soon as you got to San Diego. <laughs> um, she who must not be named. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so, like, the, the first day I, 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 like, moved into my apartment off Grand and Haynes, I decided to check meet up, and I went to, like, a Taco Tuesday trivia night. Okay. And that's where I met Joel and his girlfriend and Ken, and, and I decided to go back eventually, um, like, two or or weeks later or something, I met this girl. <clears throat> um, she was friends with the the host of the meetup or whatever. And she, like, took an interest in me and made an effort to, like, keep hanging out with, like, the little group that we had formed. <clears throat> and then over time, I guess we just kind of developed a rapport and some sort of mutual attraction. And it, it ended up being, in, like, a really good relationship. Probably the, the best one that I've had and hey uh, with, with any human being like the the best connection that i've had with an individual <clears throat> one that i didn't really think was possible which is why it kind of fucked me up a little bit no doubt like hey being in the break but in any case i've been there i've been there brother the the, the thing is that that maybe doug and cassidy failed to realize or a lot of my friends um and except for maybe now because they're like wow so i'm still single like really um i'm pretty a pretty independent individual I don't really like when when I when I get into a relationship, it's because I, you know, it, it's for good reason. It's right. Like there's something truly special about that person to me, 
and they're uh, adding to your life versus like filling in a void exactly yeah Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right okay um there's a great compliment complimenting my life and and uh they were like oh kind of joking you know like you're gonna be in a relationship by june i'm like i wouldn't be too sure about that my ex has since met someone and she's dating some new guy and They've been dating for since like October, last October, I think. And we don't really talk to her that much, but um, yeah, good for her, man. I yeah, mean, good for her. And the thing is, is like, you know, it, it it we all have our own path. Right, right. We all have our own path, and and like at the end of the day, I don't really hold, harbor any ill will towards any exes. I really, even the ones that have been not really great breakups and I, the one before her was not a good breakup at all but yep. but it's just you know uh I, I i think that like i said we all have our own path and we know what's right for us when it is right for us and right now for me the right thing is to be um to be single no, no, that doesn't mean i haven't been da- like going on dates or meeting people or whatever but I just haven't met the person that i think will really kind of complement my life in the way I want it to. Right, right. I go I go with a more rudimentary approach. I say <clears throat> someone should knock your socks off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, it, sure. It's like you when you like I I feel as you do that I've had such amazing relationships in my life. Like my last girlfriend, her and I worked together at this coffee shop in in Mission Beach. And the connection was so good. Mm-hmm. You never met her. <laughs> I tried to get her over to uh, to our, our buddy's house during yeah, that fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the connection we had was so good because of the friendship we formulated beforehand. Mm-hmm. And and that's, it just that's how we that's my ex and I we started as friends and then kind of developed. Right, right. So, so yeah, it's it's like. I feel so lucky to know that that's a possibility. Me too. Because I didn't expect it. I didn't think it was going to happen at all, and it just came. It just came out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Like it, that, that's kind of why the, the, it was so impactful to me because I was like, wasn't expecting it, wasn't looking for it. And it's often when you actually end up meeting somebody, right? That, like you said, knocks your socks off. Right. As soon um, as you don't, you're not <laughs> looking for it. It finds you type because, of thing. Because when you're not looking for it, you're not trying. You're just you're you are who you are. And your whole people see that for yourself and yeah. they, they, they just want to be they find it attractive like this person is so secure and so confident in their own abilities and and what they're doing they want to be a part of that or they're right. attracted to it what i the metaphor always uses they're jumping on a train that's headed somewhere sure yeah, you know yeah. and, and the, the the scary thing is though is that um as i get a little bit older I become more the ripe old age of twenty nine. Yeah. Eight. Twenty eight? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. I just turned twenty nine. Okay. During the quarantine. I'll never forget that birthday. <laughs> but it's for another another podcast, I think. Um, but the thing is is like I become more like I know the kind of person I'm looking for. I know like, you know, um the type of connection that I'm capable of having. Right, and it's hard to f- the bar. The bar is set for you. The bar is kind of set. You know? See, that's like, that's why these types of breakups that hurt so bad, bro. When when we were in Big Bear and you and I had that conversation uh, when, yeah. when you guys were you know in the thick of it, you know that was so impactful to me because it was like this dude is feeling how I felt. 
Like, I think that's why we were able to connect so much versus the other guys that were kind of trying to, to whatever, motivate you, however, however you want to say it. Not, not that I succeeded, but I just, I just felt so hard before what you were feeling then that it was, it was like, aren't we fucking lucky? You know what I mean? Aren't we lucky to feel this bad because so many people never felt that good? I don't know. I, I think about that a lot, actually. I think about, about I think there's so not, many. They're not. It was worth it. There's so many. Well, okay, but there's so many people I feel like that never get a chance at a relationship like that. They never even right, feel that connection. Right. But 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 the, the <laughs> to not to discredit what you're saying, mm-hmm. but it takes a certain level of uh, of of letting go of yourself and of any insecurities you might have to be so open with somebody and accepting their insecurities, accepting theirs yeah, yeah. and, and like or the flaws, peop- the people that never have that ability to truly experience what it is that I, you and I maybe have gone through. Um, it's kind of on them. Right. You true. know, like the, 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 no one, you can't, you can't No. whenever somebody gets in a relationship, nobody knows the nuances of that particular relationship and nobody is going to be there to coach you to like, Hey man, you should open up more to this girl that loves you. Like, you know, right, that's right. going to happen. She just wants you to hold her hand first. That's all she's looking for. It's like you know? there's, 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 there's so many. Like, like I think the, the the beautiful aspect about the relationship that I had with my ex was that, um, it was that it 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 seemed like we were talking earlier about how you can tell when someone's genuine or where they're trying too hard. Right. It was completely effortless. It was it was one hundred percent effortless, and there was no like activity or occasion that we ever had to do it was more just like no matter what we did i just wanted to do it with her and vice right, versa right. and it just felt right whether we're just going for a walk to the beach or we're going to see on the other extreme we went to see a solar eclipse together in oregon oh yeah and, nice and and the which was in a, a, a sp- and i'll never forget that experience in itself um so like that's that's really what it comes down to and if i could like summarize it it's like i got the i had the opportunity to date somebody who was my best friend and and that is something that yeah i do wish i do hope that everybody who is ever going to be in a relationship or who isn't currently in a relationship i hope they feel the same way because i hope they get to experience that i'm I'm with you i hope they get to experience it no doubt i hope they're not as wrecked as i was when they lose that because it did feel like I've always thought that whenever I go through a breakup, a part of me dies. Um, and and also that the person is kind of like lost to me, you know? Right, right. Someone, someone, someone dies in your perspective, no doubt. A breakup <laughs> feels like a death in so many ways. Yeah, you, you just that the death of that beautiful relationship that and, and that you know you once had. The way the way I look at it, though, however cynical is that you have to trim the branches of a tree so that you can grow taller. It's a good it's a good perspective. You know what I'm saying? And there's so many people, there's levels to this life and there's so many people that are meant to teach you stuff. <clears throat> Breakups happen typically because there's no other way. I'm I'm sure you yeah. tried, I'm sure and, she and it, tried. It was yeah, it's, it comes down to like an uh, you know, unstoppable force against an immovable object or something, you know? Absolutely. Something has to give way. And, and you know, like you said, takeaway. What is the takeaway? Do you learn from it? You learn from it. You you grow from it. You. What I look forward to in every relationship is who I'm going to become. 
because every time out of a relationship, I've my mind has exploded. Mm-hmm. That's where. So my family is. I'm the only unmarried person, excuse me, and my immediate family and cousins and even nieces. I have some nieces and some nieces who are married. They're like step nieces or something. I think I don't know, but it's like I didn't follow that path. I didn't just get married because everyone else was. They they all found amazing people. My sister found an amazing husband. My little brother found an amazing wife. Mm-hmm. But I haven't found that, so I didn't just settle on girls that were down. I've been asked. I don't. That's no, gonna sound braggy, humble braggy. But I I could have gotten married a couple of times. Sure. Just just and I'm sure you've you you could have too. But it was I held I hold myself to a standard of I won't put up with certain things and I just won't. I have lines in the sand that if you cross them, if you say this certain thing to me, if you if you see red when we fight, I I just can't go there. I mm-hmm. can't go there and I'm so proud of myself for not putting up with something that honestly, 9 out of 10 guys that I know would probably be like, uh, I probably won't be able to do better than this. You know. So so to accept a breakup is is such a growth process. It's such a hard thing to do, but so is training for a marathon. So is climbing a mountain. You know, so are all these things. They're hard to achieve, but if if and when you achieve them, like getting over a breakup, overcoming something, or actually initiating a breakup can be like climbing a mountain. De- based on depending on what your relationships like, it's going to better you. There's yeah. there's no chance it won't because you learn steps along the way and you don't forget those. You learn how to be a better person for your soulmate if you believe in that or or the the person you're going to end up with. You know, because I think we are both very dateable dudes. We're both single. But I think we both have options, but we hold ourselves to a standard based on these great experiences we've had. Do you agree? Yeah, and, and you know, I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like in some ways, you kind of like the only way to learn about yourself and about what you value in another individual that would be your significant other is sometimes through trial and error. Yeah, like that's kind of how you learn in general. It hurts. It fucking hurts. It does hurt. It's, it's like sparring. At, on the on the <laughs> on the flip side, it's like I know how. I know how hard breakups can be for myself. I know how they can be hard they can be for other people. And and the 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 worst part about about any breakup, but in particular this one, was like recognizing how how at one point I m- made this person so happy, and they made me so happy, and uh, throughout the course of the relationship, whatever happened drama like just not seeing eye to eye or wanting different things long term or whatever how we transitioned from having this person that was like the the best person i could ever want to be around to them just hating me in some regard or just not wanting to be around me or just wanting you know and vice versa and just they like, turn they turn on you you turn each other yeah yeah you, you turn each other because like in this particular the, you, the the attraction doesn't go away the desire to want what's best for the other person doesn't go away 
but because of whatever differences you may have had. And this one is, the, you know, it's kind of like the worst breakup because no, there was no, like, foul play. There was no, like, cheating or anything. Right. Which sucks in itself. I've never had to go through that. But um, but this one was just because because we didn't see a future with each other long-term together. So we had to break it off, even though when things conceivably could have kept going or could have been good. So, um, but yeah, that's the, tough. It's that, super tough. That, that's like the, 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 the balance is like, you want to date people. Every time you go into a relationship, you don't expect it to be like, you know, um, you expect it to be your last one. Right. 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 But, but you know, of course, if it isn't, you just have to kind of learn from it and hope that right. you don't repeat the same mistakes. The uh, quote I love is, no one invests in a stock to lose money. Yeah, exactly. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. So, so you got you to, like, even if you do lose money, you got to, like, you know, just pick up your, your chips and, and kind of get back at it. Like, but, but it's about cutting your losses and knowing when an investment has gone on its head. Right. So Because there's so many people, brother, in my life, I see these dudes that are like, this this girl's not good for you, or this guy's not good for you. Whatever it is, and they're just stuck in this. They're just stuck. Yeah. So, for example, I'm gonna give you an example. We're not naming names, but there's another girl I know. She comes around a lot. Amazingly adorable, smart as a whip, like crazy catch, and wow. she never. She's she's been with someone throughout our time of knowing each other. I've never seen this dude. She doesn't bring him around. She's like. Anytime I bring him around, it's drama. I'm like, well, then why are you with him? You know, I didn't ask that. I'm more like, whatever. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, bring him around, blah, blah, blah. But if you don't feel like you want to include your significant other, I feel like that speaks volumes. It's going to be an issue. Yeah, a red flag or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. So I feel like there's so many people that, that, that do settle for, for something lesser than, <laughs> than they should. You know, or 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 they don't realize their own potential because they're like, oh, this is better than being single, or it's easier than being single. Yes. You know, but but if I can somehow bring it full circle, sure, sure. <clears throat> Just like you can't tell someone uh, that they need to get out of their own way, and and, and you know that, that a relationship is wrong for them, that their their preconceived notions about this individual are wrong. They have to kind of discover that on their own, realize that on their own. Right. Okay. It, it's similar in the ways that you can't change someone's bias or prejudice against somebody else. You know their way of thinking because they're ignorant, especially when it comes to like, you know, racism or something. Okay. You have to like, just kind of be there and and you can't tell them a way to think. You have to let them come to their own realization. Okay. Yeah. And that's kind of like my kind of way of bringing everything kind of around is that. At the end of the day, people are gonna think the way that they think. Okay, yeah. You know? No it's doubt. like it's like you can't you can never expect yourself to change someone's opinion or mind just because yours might be more, you know, maybe you've researched more, you know more, like been through more been through whatever more. it is, yeah. Because that person, you know, they think that they've been they have been through a lot. Yeah, you know they have to their it. perspective. They've been through a hundred percent of it. Through a hundred percent of it. Yeah, <laughs> right, and, right. And, and their pers- and their end, they like, you know, they've they sh- should feel like they can be an authority on relationships or whatever right. it is the topic is too, because they've probably been through breakups before. And and maybe and maybe this this particular girl has had worse. 
and this guy's better in so many other facets compared to yeah compared yeah, yeah. to other homeboy mm, for sure that that she's just she's just thinking like okay well it's not bad comparatively exactly. but but in reality it's like you could do so much better like so much better this girl I'm thinking of but who am I to say that you know what I mean like who am I as a single person to say you could do better like like at least you're keeping it going, you know what I mean? Like, like maybe you're settling, but maybe I don't have the... F- what, what did you say before? Like, you never know the, the ins and outs of someone's relationship if you're not in it. You, you, there, 100%, you never know. And, like, yeah. you know, everyone, everyone seems to presume because they can, you know, they see, like, like you said, right now you're calling it, like, she could do so much better. Um, that's, that's my knee-jerk reaction. But, but like, everyone's... Re- relationship since you've been in one you know it's like there's a way one or two or 11 or (laughs) 40 (laughs) there's a way there's a way that you act when you're with that person with other people and then there's that like that you that you have when you're kind of just you and them hanging out the the little nuances that may arise or the The ways you look at them yeah the ways you talk to them there's so much nobody else sees that right sometimes that stuff is ineffable you can't really explain that to anybody um Unless maybe they've experienced it too, uh, but but yeah, it's like that's why it's so difficult to like make a, a like you can definitely sometimes if 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 like you and all your friends are seeing somebody who's in an abusive relationship, it's like okay, clearly there's something wrong. Right, right. It doesn't matter if he looks at you like you're fucking cotton candy. Like you should get out of that abusive relationship if he's beating you or something. Right. Um, right. But. But on the other side, if it's a, like just a, a relationship that to you a, in your subjective perception looks like a mismatch, who are you to say anything? Right. No if doubt. It, if it's healthy. And well, well, one thing one thing I've noticed about you is that you have so much good to say about a situation that is bad. You say nothing but good things about your ex. And I find that so commendable. You know what I mean? Because you hear so many people. What what do they say about their ex? They're crazy. You know what I mean? Like they're always like, oh, we broke up. They were crazy. It's like the way one of the things that's really attractive to me is if we talk about your ex, like if, if it's with a girl and she talks about her ex and she's like, oh, he's a great dude. Love him to death, but it just didn't work out. Or we're still friends, but it just wasn't. If they're like, oh, that fucking asshole was fucking crazy. It's like, well, you dated him. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you now know that in hindsight, but wasn't there a good time? Like, obviously the end is always going to be a little rocky. You know what I mean? Like, like crash landing a plane is never going to be like, yay. It's going to either be shitty, but okay. Or shitty and really, really shitty. So the way that you talk about, your ex to me is really inspiring because because you you speak so highly of her. You know what I mean? You you don't have that bitterness. And and maybe that's circumstantial, but I think even though like the situation was what it was, you probably could pick out things that she said or things that she did and be kind of I don't know, bitter about it. And and you don't do that. So that's that's why I think you're like an extra catch is because you're able to formulate it that way. What do you think? Uh, <clears throat> That's a loaded question. Right? No, it's, <laughs> yeah, right. 
<laughs> no, there were definitely like I can I can look back and there were there were you know, we both fucked up in a lot of ways. I fucked up in a lot of ways myself, you know. It's it's easy to go out of a relationship and point the finger. But um it takes two to tango and it also takes two like you know, I, I, I was responsible for the breakup in a lot of ways and she was too. Uh but at the end of the day it's like <clears throat> I have this ability to try and see the best in people. Right. Significant others or otherwise. And to try and and uh, you know, have hope for the fact that they that that all people are good people. Right. Um and I will never like I, I remember I remember a lot. I remember a lot of things that my exes have done that have been not good things and, and I I like sometimes I, I vent about them to certain individuals, my close friends or whatever. I'm just like but 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 by and large Knowing myself and knowing when I act like an asshole or, you know, not, you know, correct manner, <clears throat> I can, I, I can forgive anything that some, any bad thing that someone else has done to me, like that I've dated, because I'm just like, they just were, it's a reflection of what, how I was treating them. Right. You know? Yeah. To me, when, uh, Without giving too many specific examples, but when a girl like you know does something that that just is trying to get a rise out of me, I'm just like, well, what am I doing to make them want to do this? Right, something? right. You know, and and so I'm not perfect, and 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 I guess versus getting mad at them, you're looking back at the self, like what, how am I instigating this? Yeah, you have to, right? Because it because but 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 it, it, assuming you're dating somebody that is of sane mind. Right, right, right. I've been, you know, I, I, I think that most girls that I've dated are, are pretty, pretty rational, pretty, uh, you know, I have a track record for the past couple of relationships. They were both older um, than me, and, and they, so they're mature. Um, but, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's kind of like I don't benefit, uh, I, I, I don't have any benefit of holding a grudge or having this like you know um hatred towards somebody that um i dated because that won't get me anywhere okay, it's like yeah. it's like I, in fact i've dated people that have had bad relationships with their parents for example and and like i've tried so many times to get them to be like you only hurt yourself for having these feelings like you like anyone like i hate donald trump does he fucking care no, he doesn't even know me. Right. You know, it's like it's like nobody knows the extent to which you you your feelings about them affect them. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. So so the only person that I would really be doing damage to by holding on to the negative aspects of that relationship would be myself. She's no longer in my life anyway. Right. Beautiful. That's that's a good that's a good realization to come to is is that these these negative feelings just hurt you because like I said, there's so many people who all you hear about when they talk about their exes is crazy. You hear the word crazy thrown around. Everyone's crazy in the end, you know? That's what I was going to say, man. Like, she's crazy. I'm fucking even crazier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah, a couple of relationships ago, the girl I moved here with, like, I initiated the breakup. But we kind of, I think we both kind of knew it needed to it needed to happen. We weren't a good match living together. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And 
I mean, she didn't want it to happen. I did want it to happen. But then I was like, mm, this sucks. So maybe I don't want it to happen. And she was like, you already initiated it. So it's going to happen. You know, and so she was more the force that drove the breakup after I had initiated it, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so who's crazy in that sense? You know, neither of us, I neither. think, or both of us. Either way, you know, she went from not wanting to break up to wanting to break up. I went from wanting to break up to being like, let's give it another shot, you know. So <clears throat> so just just knowing that variability of 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 human rationale and and not ridiculing someone in every opportunity you can just because you're broken up and just because you're bitter, I think is such a mature quality. And it's something that you learn from going through this type of shit. It's being able to put yourselves in someone else's shoes. Right. Right. And and I, I I, like, I hope that, you know, I, I was never really given a rule book about how to like approach relationships for my parents. The one thing that they definitely like, especially my dad was like, if you live in this house, you can't date anybody when you're like, you know, so, so throughout high school, I never had like a relationship. You weren't allowed. Uh, well, it was more like, I mean, it probably could have been okay or whatever, but like my dad was pretty against it. Okay. And for, for whatever reason, I don't know why I just, but, 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 um, looking back, I don't really question him because if there's anything I've learned after being in relationships is that it really it's a powerful thing it's not something to be taken lightly and when you have i had friends that they were they had a girlfriend um quote unquote when they were like in sixth grade i'm like how can you expect to to you're battling puberty along (laughs) with like the nuances of of being responsible for your someone else's emotions along with all the emotions that you're going through right and then you introduce like sex to that at like a young age or something you know like, yeah even, are you introducing even, it like you're just learning this like, like, like and you're implementing even, it even in, like, in like, real time even like you know ninth tenth grade like people <laughs> like, had sex back then I, I i just i can't imagine like having to have that kind of like it, it takes a like i said whenever i go through a breakup I feel like a part of me dies a little bit. Yeah, I can't agree. imagine Same going here. through that when you're like that young. So I never, my dad, my my mom, she they were both like uh, to me and my sister, like just you know, like not till till later in life. And I'm glad that they had that because you know the way, like I said, you know, my mom is the emotional one in the family. She passed it along to my sister and myself. Relationships are really hard on us. Especially like ones like that, even just friendships that that yeah. like go sour, go south. Right. Those are very well. Difficult. Well, especially when it comes. Sorry to interrupt you, but you're fine. When it comes from a point of you guys are friends initially, and then it was a relationship. Oh yeah. Not only do you lose a friend, you lose a relationship. So it's Trump, like a so double whammy. So many times have I thought like maybe if I just didn't pursue a relationship or vice versa, because she kind of did too. Maybe we could just still be friends. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's to be in it's my so life tough, in some capacity. When when those emotions are there, man, like you don't want to you don't want to be around her when she's around her new dude. You know what I mean? Like, all right, I mean, sorry, I'm putting words in your mouth. I wouldn't want to be around one of my exes when she's around their new dude. You know what I mean? It's like maybe I, I would be able to. I don't know. I I, I don't know if I'm that I, woke. <laughs> I'm I'm at that point where I would be okay. You would like it? You'd be okay with it? Okay. Uh, yeah, I have better hair than your boyfriend. So. <laughs> <laughs> well you got me beat in every regard there, <laughs> right there <laughs> that's great that's great 
I mean, to me, it's not. Yeah, it's it's more of a. I like I like low, low level emotions. You know what I mean? I I don't like drama. I like like I've talked to my roommates so much about like let's just keep it light. Let's just mm-hmm. if you want if I'm doing something you're not liking, keep it light with me. Text me if it's a real problem. You know, roast me about it if it's not too much of a problem, and continue to you know, and I'll I'll catch the drift. But let's not get real mad at each other. But the the problem is when my ex comes back into play, it becomes heavy emotions. You know, sure. Like one of my buddies who I used to work with is really good friends with my ex, and. Uh, and he's always like, yeah, come come through. Um, we're drinking. She's here, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to go because it's like I don't want to, I don't know, spark up any feelings, you know. But the, the, the especially, weird, especially when you're drinking. Exactly. Like when, 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 when you're sober, it's okay. You keep your emotions in check. But when right. you drink, like all bets are off. It of. just exacerbates any fucking aggressive emotions you already yeah. had. Yeah, no doubt. So so I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go. You know, but the thing is, me and this girl, similar to what you went through, we didn't break up because we didn't want to be together. Both of us wanted to continue to be together. Her ex came into play. He started getting violent with me. He started threatening me. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, so so it it was more of a, I don't want to be in jail because of this motherfucker. So I'm going to just, you know how to deal with him. I I Bro, I bro that's her. that's on her, man. Yeah, like, if no it, doubt. If an no ex doubt. is in play, like she lived with him too, and I and I offered her plenty of money to break her lease, move into a new place. I, I was like, I'll pay your rent for a couple of months. I got you, and uh, yeah, if she's my girl, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to help her. She's proud though, and which is probably one of the reasons I was attracted to her. She didn't want to take my money. Really made me more attracted to her, but she didn't want to change her situation, and yeah. she kept putting me in this situation no, with this dude. I, I have a firm rule where there's an ex involved, you just gotta like cut your losses. Like exactly, that, that's, that's, that's what a red I did. flag too. It's a red flag. Exactly, it shows that like, I mean, like we're both talking about our exes. I'm not hung up on her. It's more, and a lot of people like misconstrue this. It's like because maybe a lot of people have gone through bad relationships. Right. I will never forget anybody that has had an impactful relationship in, with me in my life. Friend, family, or significant other. Right. Because, like you said, you learn from those. Right. Continue to learn from them. And, and this is this is one thing that, like, um, I, I speak so highly of her, not because I still have feelings for her, more because I am so, like you mentioned earlier, happy that I got to experience what I experienced and also have learned from it moving forward and, and having closed that chapter in my life. Right. And and no matter who the person is, like whether it's a friend or a family or significant other, when they make that kind of an impactful change in my life, of course I'm going to remember it. Right. Of course no I'm never going to you know be able to um, not forget it. Yeah. No, the way I could formulate it is – Say you're doing a comedy set. I know. I know you're about to do your no, first stand-up I set. Not doing that. Yeah, we'll, we'll no, see. We'll see. That's happening. We'll see about that. <laughs> Coronavirus <laughs> happened, man. It got canceled. Whenever, twice. whenever, whenever open mics come God back. Damn, why does everyone remember this? Azam's, Azam's <laughs> gonna do a stand-up have special. To, now I really have to move to a new city again. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Azam's either moving or he's gonna do a stand-up special. We're gonna be there. God damn it. But uh, yeah, no, it's like bombing in a comedy set. It only makes you better. It hurts at the time. 
but you just get better because of it. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe. I these are, like this is a Or it could lead reach. to a big spiral of depression where you never sure, feel sure, comfortable sure. talking to other people. And <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. No, but I've done, I've done stand before one time. Oh, have you? Yeah. How'd it go? Uh, well, I thought it went really well. And then my friend showed me the video. <laughs> like like recently but i did like my first one was sacramento but what was interesting is like i don't remember i was you know pretty you know kind of faded when i did it um but i remember more not what i said or what the jokes i made but the fact that like everyone was there and kind of like it was an open mic night and i did it like just randomly i didn't like have mm. a pre-set like list or whatever what i was gonna say or hadn't planned on doing it but it was more kind of like the fact that everyone remembers it and that I made a lot of friends that I had known, closer friends, because they're like, oh, this guy, wow, he doesn't really give a shit. He just kind of, you know, put his, play his cards and, and isn't worried about people judging him. Right. It's kind of like that when you go to karaoke, right? Right. Same right, idea. Right. Same idea. It's just like, yeah. yeah, I respect this person. You didn't you didn't rehearse for it necessarily. Yeah, but yeah. It's like you the, you the, went out and you fucking sent it. Yeah, exactly. Like, wow, this person, they, they, they're very tone deaf, but I respect <laughs> them. Because they're out there and they're they're doing their thing. <laughs> they went full in. They went on for being it. Tone deaf. They yeah, went yeah, for yeah. it though. Yeah, and that's and that's a True. huge thing of a performance. It's commendable is just owning it, just going yeah. all in, just balls deep, balls to the wall, however you want to put it. Yeah, but the thing is, um, I think I think singing, you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over. Stand up, you're you're honing it regardless of what stage you're at mm. this is this is my perspective i actually have been working on stand-up bits for about seven years Get up maybe there, longer so yeah maybe you next time it. next time there's an open mic we go together um one yeah. of the things is i really just want to be friends with people who are comedians you yeah. know that's that's one of the things is comedians I, are very very smart people exactly like, especially the good ones you know like yeah like, like there there's a takes a level of of self-awareness as well as like uh, uh situational awareness to be able to be a good comedian i agree i totally agree i agree on both of those i also agree that I'll, i also think that it it takes you putting your ego to the side yeah. a little bit and yeah. not being like how this goes defines me so much you know, like yeah. how this goes doesn't define you as yeah. a comedian. This could go good, it could go bad, and you're in the middle of, of however it goes. It goes back to what you said. It's like, um, what did you mention earlier? Uh, you're, you're speaking about how when you have these insecurities and you, you kind of like project to other people and you're worried about what other people are going to think about you. At the same time, everyone is thinking their own thoughts. Right, right, right. Comedian, to them, if you go up on stage, well, that's a pretty impactful moment. Like everyone's looking at you. You know, there's lights on you. You've rehearsed something. You've prepared, hopefully, and and you're trying to like make some people laugh. Everyone else, they're gonna see it. That's just one part of their day. But right. For you, it's like kind of a defining moment of your, of your at least if you're weak, if not your like you know life. Right. Right. How often do you go do stand up? Yeah. And and think of you ask that person specifically. Like, say say I go up there and I just sucked, awful, didn't mm. make sense at all. And you ask someone in the crowd, why did he suck? Probably because he just sucked. Like, if you ask me about any comedian that I haven't liked, I don't know why I didn't like it. Maybe it was relatability. Maybe it was this. Maybe it was the type of day I was having. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who knows? Excuse me. But regardless of the fact, it has nothing to do with that person. It has nothing to do with who they are, how they formulated those jokes. It's more my situational factors. Yeah. And when you... and 
when I come from such a comedy fan perspective is I, I'm, I'm open to the fact that a comedian might be good and I might not like them, you know? And yeah. so, and so given that perspective, I could maybe having never done stand up, um, I think I would be comfortable giving it a shot because how it goes isn't a good depictor of how good it was. You know, it's more, it's more a law of averages. Maybe it's going to go good for some crowds. It's going to go bad for other crowds. And the average is how it's going. How do, how do you feel about that? I think that, yeah, yeah. So, like, um, I went to a, an open mic night, like, the week before I was supposed to go up, just to kind of suss it out. I went with a couple coworkers. Okay. And I will say that open mic nights are, like, just, that was one of the most awkward situations I've ever been in. Because it's it's like people who are stand-up comedians, but they're not like well-known. They're just people that are like taking classes, or maybe not even. They're just just open mic thing. Literally, right. everyone can go up there. Everyone, everyone who isn't a professional comedian to who's their first day doing comedy. Absolutely right. <laughs> and a lot of a majority of them like just were not good. <laughs> but that's the whole point of an open mic night. Even even amongst right. like people who do stand for a living. They test out new material. They try and get a read for the crowd, see what works, what doesn't work. Right. They're very much like, uh, um, kind of like you're brainstorming in some sense. You're kind of like trying to, to just figure out what works and what doesn't work. So, you have to like learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. I think in those those situations, even hmm. even the the great stamp comedians, even like Dave Chappelle, um, who are else Bo Bo Burnham, who are some other good ones, um. My one of my favorites is Mark Normand. He's he's real new. Um, Nick Swartz and Nick Swartz. Bro, you should listen to Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks, Bill Burr, Bill Burr, Bill Hicks, Joe Rogan. He died a while. Joe Rogan, of course. Yeah. There's there's millions, but, of, uh, but like, thousands of comics I love. You watch one of their like specials, and of course there are situations where they say a joke, doesn't it doesn't doesn't stick, or people are just like confused or just didn't get a lot of laughs, but they can pivot. Right, they right. Can, they can pivot to oh, something else. Oh, Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg's hilarious. That's oh, the, he's the best he's, at that. Yeah, yeah. He's because when a b- joke bombs, he kills it with it. He's like, that joke was funnier than you acted. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like Dude, Mitch Hedberg is hilarious because he he's so deadpan too. Like, yeah, God, he's fucking funny. We're gonna we're gonna file that joke under D for do not tell when there's five <laughs> white faces looking at my face. <laughs> <laughs> or his his probably most famous one is line is like, well. What did you say? I like an escalator because an escalator can never break down. <laughs> it can only become stairs. <laughs> become stairs. <laughs> like, I used to do drugs. I, I still, still do, do, but I used to too. <laughs> <laughs> I used to too. <laughs> yeah, bro. I love Mitch Hagberg, but yeah, a big part of his act is bombing. Yeah, like yeah, he embraces it. He embraces, he embraces it. it. He, he owns the fuck out of jokes that don't work. Right. You know, and so. That's that's something that I take when like I'm talking to girls. Okay? Yeah. So if I'm going up to girls first time, I'm going up there with an open mind and open heart and an open ear. And there's gonna be things that I say that are just dog shit just and don't. just stupid yeah. and just shouldn't have said that. But I'm gonna own it and I'm gonna rock it. <laughs> I'm gonna rock what I shouldn't have said. I'm like ah fuck, I'm an idiot. This is going bad, isn't it? And they're like, yeah, it's going bad. All right. Well, you know, and you just kind of like statements of empathy, like you are cognizant of the fact that this is not 
going well. Yeah. But but it's that genuineness that I find funny from mm-hmm. Mitch Hedberg. It's that genuineness that whatever success I've had with girls, I feel like has has come to fruition be- because I just own what I am. You are who you are. Right? Whether not funny or funny, every, everyone thinks that it's this one line that that oh. does it. I, I remember my sister-in-law, this was years and years ago, Britsif, I'm sorry if you're listening to this, but I love you to death. But she was like, do it to me. Do the do the pickup thing to me. And I, I just made eye contact with her, and she was like, uh, I feel awkward. You know? It's like, well, obviously, the context is wrong. You know, Just like it would be wrong for comedy if you're like, hey, tell me a joke. It's like, oh, I'm, I don't feel, this isn't the r- proper context, weird. you know? Yeah, but, but the thing is, what I do is I just let it happen, and yeah. I just own it. I have some things that I'm going to say, regardless, whatever. I'm self-deprecating or however I'm going to be. But I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the punches as we go, so you know that I'm listening to you and I'm being genuine. Those are the two main factors. The two people that come to mind when I think about like going out to the bars and and I won't I don't even want to say meeting girls because like that that sounds like there's an objective in, in mind. It's more just like meeting new people. Right. Like you meet new people, and yeah, when you go to the bars, sometimes it's like you go out because you want to, you know, meet people of the opposite sex. But two people that come to mind when it comes to being genuine and to being great conversationalists, uh, and and, and it, it, you, and Eddie. Mm. Eddie is he's shout out to Eddie. Shout out to Eddie, man. Miss like, you, you burden, he's, he's burden come, bastard. He's coming back next week. I think he told me. Hell yeah. And the thing is, is like, you guys are you you are who you are, no matter who you're talking to. I think, and that speaks volumes. Whereas I I have a you know I'm not necessarily who I am to people who I've just met. I wear, I wear like, or have the wall up or I've just kind of like, and because I, it's more of a, a, a trust thing. Sure. It's more like, I don't really know who you are. So why should I let you get to know who the real me is? Right. Whereas right, right. you're in Eddie's perspective is like, I'm who I am. Fuck you. If you don't like me. Right. Which is a great attitude to have. Right. Well, we don't really think that obviously you're, you're just more. It's, just... it's not in the forefront of my mind. I wouldn't say, but what is in the forefront of my mind, and I've said this to my roommate so much, so this is going to sound like a broken record, but I feel like something has value because I said it. And mm. and however narcissistic that is, I feel like if I walk up to a girl, the only reason she's going to reject me is because I didn't portray myself accurately. If it's someone good, yeah. truly gets to know me, it's they're they're going to like me. You know, because I like myself, which which took a long time mm-hmm. for me to like myself. But I feel like I've I've gotten there because of these experiences I've had in my life, and because of 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 what I've been through. <clears throat> I I feel like I'm truly going to add value to anyone's life who I'm in. I feel like some people deserve the value I'm going to add. Some people don't. If I offer you the value that I know I can give, and it doesn't hit right, Something. that's something i just did, did wrong in my yeah. delivery i delivered myself wrong so i'm going to tweak my delivery but it doesn't hit my ego because i believe that if i portray myself accurately that there's no chance anyone would reject me there's no chance anyone wouldn't date me it's just that there's only the elevator pitch for your business that's exactly right you know what i mean and, so and so if you, you don't get the elevator pitch right it doesn't matter your investor they're going to reject you mm-hmm. no it doesn't matter the business mm-hmm. because your elevator pitch or the window sample size that they had to yep. see it wasn't right they're not going to uh-huh, accept it 100% dude i know where you're getting from and like it 
you know, it, it, it's not narcissistic. It's more just like that's the world we live in is that when you meet a stranger, you only have that like 20, 30 seconds to like kind of give your little elevator pitch, whether right. it's a business or whether it's a girl that you're trying to like talk to. Right. And, and to be, not be a douchebag. Because, be, I mean, like this is, goes back to like we don't know what, what world a girl lives in. Right. They're probably having to entertain or have so many different people approaching them every single night. It's like a venture capitalist, 20, 20 business elevator pitches a day. Yeah. Why should I pick yours? Exactly. That's it's it's not that the girl's a dick, it's not that she's rude. It's just like you can't she's say yes throwing to you on the pile. Yeah, she yeah, can't, can't say yes to everybody. Yeah. Exactly so right. You got to exactly. you got to figure out what what it is, the right combination of words to make that person like actually feel like you're adding value to their life in some right. capacity or, or making you know sometimes you're lucky sometimes or successful sometimes you're not and like you said the important thing is you can't let it bruise your ego maybe they're just not feeling it that day maybe they're just maybe not, maybe like you just you know i, I, I got too drunk or <laughs> maybe you exactly just, another way i look at it is maybe that venture capitalist had the wrong interest at heart maybe they were going to take my money maybe maybe that girl looked great Maybe think maybe excuse me maybe everything looked awesome, but she rejected me. So maybe there was something in there that was like this dude, he doesn't fit with me. He's gonna hate it, you know. So she rejects you. They're rather than man. rather than put that on your ego, be like, well, maybe this wasn't a good match. Exactly. Maybe yeah, this yeah. wasn't. This would never have worked. It happened for no a matter reason. how good my elevator pitch was. It happened for that a investor. For example, like Lori off Shark Tank can't put it on her infomercial type thing that she's got. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't fit her mold of that, she's not an investor. It's not that it's not a good product. It's not that you're not a good product. It's that the investor that you pined after doesn't have your best interest at heart and can't can't capitalize off your life or your business. I'm not looking for that. Exactly. I'm not looking for it. Could be time. It could be any, any myriad of reasons. I think when again one of the things that uh, that I like respect about you and Eddie when you go out is that you you just don't let it put you down. You just kind of all right. Well, I'm trying to find a new investor. Right, right. That's, You're like that's, I mean, like that's that, a great that went bad, didn't it? Holy, yeah, sh- yeah. Well, holy well, shit! Well, she didn't like me at all. Yeah. You know, don't but take it personally. Exactly, but I think the the issue with a lot of guys is, is they've never had that. I've had two relationships. I'll say three, three relationships in my, in my life that are just huge. They, they were so poignant. One of them was four and a half months and it was the best relationship of my life. Uh, who knows what it would have been if it would have gone a whole year, two years, five years till now, you know, mm. might've been sh- the shittest relationship, but the things I learned from those were so huge. You know, the things mm-hmm. I learned from losing those investors in in the me or the the self, whatever, however you want to formulate it, is probably the best things that could have happened to me because I, like you said before, I know that I have that capacity to to have that connection, to feel that way. It's oftentimes 50%, oftentimes more, your fault 60% your fault that it was so good. It was, you brought it out of that person. You brought that great feeling out of them, just like they brought it out of you. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes if you're the one that feels it still, just like me, just like you, it's the fact that we were doing a lot of the legwork and they felt like it was more of like a, a you thing versus a them thing. That's, that's, 
at least how I tell it to myself. Does that make sense? Or does that make not make any sense? Kind of, I, I think. So so basically basically I'm saying a lot of the feelings you have with a significant other are self generated. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there there's something that, that you that you manifested. Okay. Like uh the the great sex you had was fifty percent you, maybe a little more, maybe a little fifty five percent you. You know what I mean? Maybe mm. maybe you were the one that made it that great, a little more than she did or he did or whoever. And you're, but a lot of people think that oh my god, our sex was so good and that was all her. And and I'll never find a girl again that I have sex with like that. And it's like or a guy that that we have sex together and it feels like that. But it's like people don't don't really realize their factor in it being great. Yeah. Yeah. They they don't, they don't, they, 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 they attribute all the, uh, the positives that came out like, well, that person's such a great person. And and, that is all them, but it takes, it takes two people. And, and honestly, uh, when it comes to, you know, sex, which is just a small part of it to me, like being physical in general, I would say, um, I've been told I'm a, I'm a very affectionate person, and 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 especially to significant others. Um, I think that is something that I would never pick up on, right? Why would I know right. that unless someone told me that? Because I'm just like, I'm just doing. I'm treating you how I would want to be treated. Right. I'm treating you like how, uh, given a feedback loop, like I know that that makes you happy. So why wouldn't I continue doing that? Right, so, right. And those are things that are learned, you know, like over time. And I'm just, I'm pretty, you know, good at learning things. Something works, I'm going to do it again and find ways to better it. So like that, that, that to me is one of those things where it's an example of something that I didn't realize until I was t- told, you know, like it takes, there's a reason why like the, the relationships that I've been in are so impactful and powerful and 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 really it's because there's a certain level of passion that gets brought to the table on my end you know right a certain level of making that person feel special and important but and then maybe they're reciprocating the fa- passion that you're showing that's exactly it that's okay exactly that, it. that's what you're yeah, saying yeah. right so i'm saying and that's what i see right I, I don't see what i'm what i'm like giving right i i just i just kind of like see the the response and the feedback loop and, and at the end of the day that's that's kind of what um that's kind of what uh, all these relationships are about, right? It's about like you, you kind of are hoping that someone feels the same emotions and feelings that you're feeling because nobody will ever be able to see the world through your eyes except for you, right? Right. Nobody will see the world through my eyes except for me. Um, so all we can hope to do is try and make some sort of connection, whether it be through friendship or, you know, through just being nice to the person or the cash register or in my mind, the, the highest level of companionship and connection you can ever attain is through a, a, a personal relationship with a significant other. Yeah. Girlfriend, wife, whatever you want to call it. No doubt. So like that, those are, those are the, you know, that's, that's why there are millions of people marching throughout the streets the past week. They're all just trying to be like, Hey, we're people too. We feel everyone else's pain. We're all trying to feel connected. We're all on this fucking planet together. I saw your your pale blue dot clip that you shared today. 
bro at the end of the day that's my favorite speech of all time carl sagan man he got it right man and at the end of the day it's like all everything that's ever happened will happen can happen it's all gonna happen this on this rock right here right exactly so like and we're all in this together like as cliche as it is to say yeah i mean we really are man yeah beyond that i think there's a level of uh singularity of consciousness that we all share you know it's like there's a reason why like the fact that you can be a nice person that you can smile transcends and and the other person feels good when you smile at them that that transcends race ethnicity culture barriers you know right a smile is like the universal language of i'm your friend and i and i accept you and i accept and you. you're a part of this too yeah yeah, yeah no doubt. so so like that that to me is something that that's why we're all kind of what we're all fighting for when it comes to this and, and in general too it's like you know at the end of the day there there should be no room for for like hatred of one another there should be no like um, love lost when right. it comes to these exes or whatever. Well, to your point earlier, I mean, everyone's on, from everyone's perspective, they have a just cause. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what, they, they feel like they're fighting for what's best for them mm-hmm. or what's best for their ideals. You know what I mean? Like, a, a father is always fighting for his family. Even if he's stealing bread, he's he's giving it to his family. He's stealing from one thing giving to another it's bad but but it's all relative you know it's all relative except for the fact that like so that's that's kind of where i draw the line because like i i i don't advocate providing for someone else at the expense of somebody else because when you sure. steal you're you're taking bread off of someone else's table right but if it's if it it's you're 100 percent right but if it's at the expense of a starvation on on my side oh yeah that, i'm gonna at, i'm at gonna that, do what it takes that's my point though is like sure. yeah yeah that's a good point it's like when you have when you are at your wits end, your right. absolute limit, then right. yeah, yeah, there's there's no Hopefully other option you're for you from somebody that has like, you know, a plethora of bread. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, not, and and not someone that how, is also struggling to survive. Right, right, but I think I think the thing is there's there's not time to figure out for a lot of these people what what the bread amount is for them they're just like my my kidneys bread my community needs support my my race needs help like all these things they're like like you said at their wits end that's in so many facets that's why we i think we're getting to that point or we at least need to quickly realize that like where there is a surplus and there are people that have more to give hopefully they redistribute that and give right. to people that are desperate and these motherfuckers rocking these chains man like what 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 hurts me is you hear these people talking about donations. You hear these people talking about funding. You hear these people talking about poverty. Mm-hmm. And you literally, in the podcast, you hear their chains clinking <laughs> back and forth. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it sounds weird. Like, there's this weird sound that I didn't realize of chains clinking together, you know? And it's it's not just a certain race that wears nice chains, you know what I mean? But yeah. but what what could you build if you sold those? Yeah. What could yeah. you build if you just sold those? It's like you you want to to advocate for change, but also you want the finer things in life. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. like you can't have both. You can't have both. Let's let's pool some of the funding. Let's let's offset this this systematic thing that's going on. You know, there's there's so many options. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a sketchy conversation because because it's a communist you know type of a mindset but but we need to 
discount a lot of the, you know, bougie things in life. And as soon as we do, as soon as we realize that there's not much of a difference between 75 or 80K a year and 10 million a year, there's not much of a difference there. It's it's slight difference. There's a huge difference between zero and 50K. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. yeah Fucking yeah. massive. That's what you're saying. You know yeah. what I mean? The, 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 the change there is so much different. There's so many people in the world that can afford 50K a year for, oh, you got to pee again? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap okay. this up. Okay. Brother. Thank you so much for coming on, my man. Anytime, man. I, Anytime. I fucking one of my things is I always listen to your podcast, and you have these points, and and no fault to your co-host, but you get cut off a lot, and I'm always like, fuck, I just want to hear what Azam says a little <laughs> bit longer. So I was I was glad to have you on here and let you speak your mind a little bit, man. But thanks for coming on. Anytime, man. We'll get you back on our podcast. I think, I think like they want to just keep it light. That's kind of the, sure, 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 kind of and, and I'm 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 a fucking weirdo. Like, listen, you're not a weirdo, I, <laughs> you're not a weirdo man. It's just, it's just different different approaches to right. trying to like, like you know, just share knowledge and information. And but see, the benefit of this is that it's one on one. You know, yeah, when it's different. when it's when it's three and one, four people all talking at the same time, that's tough. So it's fun though, it's fun. <laughs> it's it's fun. gonna be it's gonna be but fucking is, fun. This has been fun too, man. This is no fun doubt. to like kind of especially because it's been a while since I've been behind the mic few months and you know this is a very like i mentioned at the beginning this is a generation defining moment that we're absolutely going right now man absolutely and but but voices like yours are and and the articulate way that you're able to 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 break down your feelings and the fact that you didn't even want to do this you know that like that speaks to this <laughs> i mean you you were reluctant to speak your mind about uh, the current situation I you just, know because it's so touchy it's 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 just i don't i think there are a lot more um well-spoken and and well-educated people that can speak to this topic more than I can. But I appreciate sure, you. Sure. Appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you saying that I can articulate my thoughts. And you know, I think I think at the end of the day, perhaps you and I are the people that should be talking about this because maybe we are the people that you know we don't have a like a, as big a platform. We don't. We're, we're the average. Right, person. we're not we're not doing it for the for the masses. We're, we're we're doing it for each other. We're doing it, and we're showing that like you don't have to be Barack Obama or right. or any of these you know, activists to get your to message out there to feel like right. you're heard. And at the end of the day, that's that's what matters is having that dialogue. I think. Right, I believe you. I believe you 100, percent my man. Azam, thank you so much, brother. My man, we'll Tucker. do this again. Give me some. Love you, <coughs> love you boy. Love you too, man. All right, bye everybody.